When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. It's that time of the week again. The Rugby League rant, fifth and last. Put on your headgear, chuck in your mouth guard and get ready for an hour of nothing but NRL talk. Four rounds into the competition and we're starting to see a bit more of a form line. Uh, tipping also becoming a bit easier. Boxhead, perfect round, mate. Yeah, perfect round. But, you know, there's been a few Barry Crockers beforehand. I think we're starting to starting to get a lay of the land. Um, but there are a few, again, some 50-50 games. Like the Canberra game, I probably thought they were unlucky to lose in the end. I, I think Brisbane oh, probably dominated filthy. for... 60 minutes, but they certainly didn't put the game away. And then when the momentum shifted, I thought Canberra would win. Um, you know, it, yeah, it's it was good, perfect round. I'm not going to complain. It's yeah. not very often you get one. So, well, I've definitely got some uh, personal thoughts on the Canberra game, but I'll save them for when we review it. Uh, the Bulldogs one went in as a pick'em. I didn't expect it to be anything near what it was. Just no, well, I only picked Manly because it was at Manly. If it yeah, was. Well. At, uh, Belmore or ANZ I would have tipped the Bulldogs so there's no genius in that that was just because it was a flip of the coin I went the home side yep, that one was disgraceful and yesterday uh, I don't have no idea why but I've basically given the Warriors a crack every week bar one and again Foreign pulls out before kickoff. They just do their typical old selves, don't they? they He's not going to make a difference while their forwards are playing like they are. No, and I think, again, I was about to touch on that point. Start of the year, we've had a few people messaging through and we'll talk about that in the questions, but I touched on their forward pack and honestly, who's scaring you? No one's scaring me in that football. Well, who's scaring you by appearance? All of them. But who's scaring you by the way they're playing? None of them. No. So, I mean, they're a big side. Naturally, they're a big side. The New Zealanders are big boys, but they're certainly not uh, playing with aggression or much physicality. I just don't think there's anyone dynamic, and the only one who really has that extra no, right. level is yeah. Ben Madalino, and he's not there and is also said to be on the outer, so I don't know how much But I also don't think he... He's he not doesn't consistent. spook me. No, but he he's not consistent me. either, or mm. hasn't been as consistent. Not so. last year, he wasn't. Uh, I'm starting to feel a little more of my prediction about their forward pack being a bit of a worry uh, coming to fruition. But kicking things off, we'll start off with the set of six. So tackle one, I believe, is yours, and that was Tamalolo's 10-year yeah, deal. Yeah, Tamalolo's 10-year deal. So is it good for both, good for neither, good for one, not the other? What do you think? I, personally, I think uh, it's a ridiculous deal from both perspectives. Look, the only positive is is that, uh, that that he's got financial security for 10 years. Get that? Get why he signed it from that perspective. However, I question where his motivation is going to be after three or four years, and I question the Cowboys' motives in signing him for such a long deal in case he gets injured or his form slumps. He's also a middle forward who's 23. I tend to think by age 33 he he would have retired. I think he'll retire before the end of this deal if I was going to make a bet. I think 
the uh, deal itself, like a million dollars a year, I can cop that. I can cop him. Yeah. I can cop paying him a million dollars a year. He's a. The question is, he's though, probably the best middle forward in the comp. Yeah. The question is there, and a lot of people talk about this, and I've talked to a few guys that I played with that still play it now. One thing they don't mention, and this is also what wasn't mentioned about Cherry Evans' deal, when everyone keeps saying it's ten million dollars. I'm pretty sure it goes up with the rate of that the deal is indentured, so he's be. locked into a percentage. So everyone's saying, "Oh, one so million. million at the current he's sold himself yeah. short. If it jumps to no. nine, he gets that percentage of nine million. Yeah. So, so if it jumps ten percent, he gets one point one million. Yeah, basically. Yeah. And if it goes up another two mil, then yeah, he's obviously going to take a bigger cut. Well, so he's going to take home one point two. The only thing I can say, similar to you, honestly, I think long term deals. Like, when's the last time a four or well, five year deal? I'll, I'll really put it to you well. this way. This is the way I. I was thinking about it and I didn't really know the correct way to think about it, but I think this is a fair way. Go back to 2007 and tell me, aside from Cronk, Smith, Thurston, who you would sign. In a t- well, if you did sign someone to a 10-year deal, which one worked out? Yeah. A player from 2007, who? It's not many. No. I can't really think of it. So that, that's probably, you know, you're shooting fish in a barrel, really. Like, you, you, you don't really know whether it's going to work or not. It's all hypothetical. Yeah. But I think based on what we know and, you know, by that hypothetical, it's going to be a rarity. And you know what? He might, it might prove to be a great signing, but I think I just don't know whether it's good for his motivation and I just don't know whether it's good for the Cowboys. You know, who's to say that in, you know, once Thurston retires, one or two of those guys move on, Matt Scott retires, who's going to say Jason Taumalolo wants to go through the three or four year period to rebuild? Yeah, well, I think the thing they're trying to plan for that right now, the word well, it's was... it's easy now. It's easy to say, yeah, I'll do it now, because they're winning, and they're a chance of winning the comp. But what in three or four years when they're struggling to win games, is he really going to want to hang around, or is he going to want to play for a, a contender? Well, I think the more thing that I sat down, similar to what you're looking at, there's pros and cons both ways, and I kept going back and forth, but I think the big thing is just 10 years is such a long time. Coaches can change, environment can change, motivation can change. So I'm not a big fan of anything more than four to five, and even I think that's a stretch. No, I think look, I'd sign a Thurston, Smith, Cronk, Slater. Your elite guys, I'd sign them to four any longer than that. Middle forwards, though, again, you touched on the main point. I was going to say a lot more prone to injury. They are. He's going to be getting battered and bashed, and as dynamic as he is, and playing the big minutes, he's going to play in the nationals. He's going to play all these bits and pieces. Uh, Why forwards, especially front rowers, tend to grow on their body a bit more. They're not as dynamic as what this guy is. I know he plays the middle, but he can also play the edge. But uh, you'd think over 10 years, he's going to have to stay pretty clean physically to be able to get best value out of him. I think they're thinking similar to what we're talking about with this whole retirement kind of setup where people give these ridiculous deals and know they're not going to last the time and they're not worried. But I yeah. think they've just ensued that period of maybe six to seven years where they're hoping he's going to be outstanding and hopefully stay injury-free. So uh, I can kind of understand it. And they've probably got him a little bit for unders because... Two or three years' time, he could murder at the cap, could go up and someone offers him a ridiculous amount of money. But at the same time, if he blows his ACL out tomorrow, has complications for the next 24 months, well, then you start to worry, don't you? Yeah. So uh, There's pros and cons both ways. I don't think there's a way to get a definitive answer except time. Time's going to tell with uh, that. Number two was your tackle again, and that was Bennett versus Kent. Yeah, well, fireworks uh, sort of got lit middle of last week Paul Kent made a comment on NRL 360 about Anthony Milford's training ethics uh, how hard he works in the gym etc etc he said that oh, he mentioned Benji Marshall in his remarks he didn't direct direct quote Benji Marshall Wayne Bennett the next day obviously came out all guns blazing made some accusations that Paul Kent had directly quoted Benji Marshall uh, the story got a little bit mixed, but Bennett got very defensive. Paul Kent then, you know, came back again on Thursday night with Matty Johns and 
said that he never he never obviously directly quoted Benji Marshall, uh, and that Wayne was getting you know overly sensitive about the paparazzi and insinuating that it's the lead journalists that are taking photos of him and his new girlfriend, which is yeah. obviously crap. Now, look, I get I get it from Wayne Bennett's point of view. I get that he's frustrated that people are chasing him around with a new girl, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But Wayne, that's why you paid the big money. They're chasing you around because a photo is worth a lot of money, and that's purely because of your status. So. If you don't like the fact they're chasing you around, move to another country and get, or give up coaching. You know, it's 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 part of the deal. That's why you get paid big money. Uh, I tend to, you know, not. I agree with what Paul Kent said. I don't think Anthony Milford's form has been, you know, where it should be or where I think the Broncos would like it to be for the money that they're paying him and, and all the raps that he went over to Brisbane with and all that sort of stuff. I don't think he's playing better than Ben Hunt. I think Ben Hunt's playing better footy than him. I think McCulloch's playing better footy than him. And I think Darius Boyd's playing better footy yeah. than him in the spine. Uh, but, look, from from a wider perspective, I don't know what his training ethics are like. Paul Kent's obviously got the relationship with Ben Eichen who, and Benji Marshall because Benji Marshall was on there for play last year. So he's he's got the information. Apparently, it's widely noted. And Bennett apparently said at the start of the year that or last year that Milford's training ethics and work uh, you know work rate wasn't up to where it needed to be. So I think all in all, it's a bit of a storm in a, a storm in a teacup. Um, however, I think it just shows that it was very strange to me the way that Wayne Bennett reacted to it. Well, my next remark was going to be basically what Gordon Taylor said, and that was my thoughts when I seen it. Or Wayne Bennett in the past basically gave no mind to anything that happened in the media yeah. and just brushed it off. But since this situation, obviously breaking up with his wife, the move, all the scrutiny, things have become awfully personal and he seems to bite at absolutely anything and everything these days. So mm. um, I'm finding that obviously a, a bit of a change in personality. Um, I, I don't understand why, but this is the bloke that regardless of whatever used to happen, it just used to be water off a duck's back. But all of a sudden the last two years in particular, he seems to be firing bullets left, right and centre and... Uh, to be honest, I don't think it helped his playing group at all either. I think they've been really good the first four rounds. They've played all the top four, and it's been a struggle. Last year, yeah. But I think uh, he needs to go back to how he was handling things before and basically just pay it no mind. Don't give it uh, any life and breathe more fire into it and uh, just back down. But to be honest, I found it strange as well. I kind of think Kenny was right in some of his remarks, but at the same time, Wayne Bennett coaches football. You're in the limelight. The media's changed. There is more attention. Anything you do is going to come under scrutiny, whether it's related to football or not. So I'd hope and like to think that, like I said, he's going to go back to more of his old way and try to pay no mind and give nothing to the media. So. Yeah, the other part of it is, off, you know, and Kenny alluded to this, that they had a pretty good relationship. I don't find Paul Kent the Jeremy journalist. Obviously, we have, we have him on this show. I watch NRL 360 every night. Yeah. I love the show. We don't have a ridiculously special I didn't, personal if I didn't relationship, like, If I didn't like what Kenny had to say, I'd be pretty open in disagreeing with him. Not to say that I'm agreeing or disagreeing with any of this, you no. know. Wayne Bennett's on at the coalface and, and Paul Kent's getting information from the coalface. So yeah. who you believe is up to you. But for me, I, I believe Kenny in this situation because of the way that Wayne reacted. Yeah, you bit it. Did, certainly didn't, uh, it certainly didn't fluster Paul Kent at yeah. all. You know, and, and two weeks ago, he wasn't too bothered about saying Jared Hayne about his training ethic and this and that. And in the past, he talked about Steve Renoff not being a great trainer. Can't tell me that, yeah, any want to get him to game day and bits and pieces, so I'm... Um, I'm a bit confused by it. Like I said, I think this is more to do with the off-field stuff that's going on in his life and obviously the media rubbing him up the wrong way and he's getting a bit sensitive and he never has before. So. Well, I think also it's it's put Ben Eichen in a bit of a difficult situation. Yeah, well, because good luck at the next family barbecue. Yeah, he's... Well, I don't know whether they're having family barbecues with the setup at the moment, but mm. 
you know, that's that's a we're not a gossip podcast, but no. yeah, it was certainly a big story uh, last week. That's for sure. Yeah. Well, we're moving on. Tackle three was yours, yeah. Des Hasler, and the pressure that he's under. What do you think he's under pressure? I for me, I, I can't see him moving Des Hasler on as much as I think. Well, the big thing may maybe should, but I I tend to side with the view that I had last week on Jason Taylor in that. I don't. I just don't get firing a coach after three weeks. No, now, not this I know a lot of people have probably changed my mind a little on that, and they've probably disagreed with my notion, and they've put forward an argument that, well, at the end of last year, they they needed to win one game of their last, or they needed to win two of their last three, and in those last two weeks, they got flogged by Canberra and they got flogged by Penrith. They come out start of this year, they play Penrith, they play Canberra, they get flogged again. So the thought process then from the board and the Tigers hierarchy as well. We played the same teams, you know, start of or end of last season, start of this season. The results haven't changed. Let's just cut it now. Oh, I, I understand still... that as well. I can get that now. So I've probably come back a little bit. I still don't know whether it's a right call, but I, I can definitely see played, the argument. I? Yeah, well, it does look like it's played. Contracts and, and the that. The players have been really weak in the fact that no one's really come out and said. No. So one of them should come out and say. It, I don't like Jason Taylor. Yeah, I didn't well, like Jason Taylor. The reason I didn't want to sign was Jason Taylor. Have the balls to come out and say it. My big one, Woods went on 360. I thought I was going to get exactly what I got. He just skipped around at politicians' answer. None of them wanted to well, tackle well, it. it. wasn't. He actually probably put... It, it was. It just made it, him look stupid. Yeah. And it made it plain as day that it was Jason Taylor the reason why he wasn't signing. All of them. He no. might as well just come out and said it. But it's not rocket science. They go, we make the decision, players play. That's all bullshit. Basically That's what's happened is they've said, we've absolutely stuffed up. All four of you off contract. The coach is off contract. We want to keep you guys, obviously, more than we want to keep the coach. Do you guys want to re-sign with this club or will you negotiate with us at all if Jason Taylor's here? Clearly, they've all said no, or the majority majority have said no. So straight away, they've gone, all right, well, there's only one thing we can do then. And now they're in the situation where they're trying to get a good coach. You know, Ivan Cleary, who, if he gets there, like we said last week, I think he's going to come in, lay down the lay of the land, A, B, C, D. These are your four deals if you don't like it find the door and take back control because basically the board's been bearing to play power for too long. They've knifed a couple of coaches over a seven-year period and it's just an absolute shamble. So looking at that, but back onto the Dez side of things, do I think he's under pressure? 100%. Uh, do I think they should have done something at the end of last year? 100%. And they tried to, was it Terry Lamb? Said he'd resign or Steve no, Mortimer? Steve Mortimer. Steve Mortimer did the right thing, I think, basically saying that if he doesn't go, I'm gone. And if they needed to make a move, I thought it needed to happen, much like Taylor before the preseason started, to get a coach like an Ivan Cleary, to give him a chance to come in, try and change maybe the style of play. Not so much the roster, but at least you'd have him in place earlier. But my thoughts right now, and that's going to lead into my next question, if Cleary hasn't signed the Tigers yet, I think now is the time to sack Des if they're going to do it, because the best available coach, yeah. when people say, can you find somebody better, I think Cleary's the best option and the only other option I want. They're talking about De- uh, Dean Pay, Jim Dimmick. I wouldn't want either of those guys replacing Des. But at the same time, Matty Johns this morning came out Defended Des, blamed the spine. Well, that's bullshit, and I call bullshit on that. Same as everyone else has defended him. Well, Saying these players aren't creative. He's got full control of recruitment. He's got all the tools, all everything in his. Well, he doesn't anymore. He did. Yeah, he doesn't anymore. But, but all the those guys, he's got there, he signed. That's yeah. his work. Yeah. So no one, everyone defending and sticking your hand up. That's his doing. He's yeah. the one who gave Leisha the big deal. He's the one who gave Reynolds a ridiculous amount of money. He's the one who paid him by seven hundred. He's the one who signed hey, Will hey, Hopper hey, You like so, the Leisha deal, bro? Mate, the Leisha deal. I think he's a half decent player. I think he kills spine players. Mm. Not saying maybe. he signed the right players, maybe. but I reckon that he just blunt. What did Ennis do when he left? 
and it's never kicked and it's never created, goes to the Sharks, yeah, wins that's, a comp, that's one example. starts kicking double-figure tries. So I think there's a few players... He's also that, playing with a pretty good side. I still think they're blunted by the system. But Hasler has made his own bed. So for everyone out there going, oh, this and that, and Matt Johns this morning saying they're not creative, he signed those blokes. They're his players. Yeah. So I can't defend him. That's his problem. So put a system in that fits that. But that moving on to tackle four, he is under pressure. My thing is Cleary, Tigers or Dogs, who obviously got mail yesterday that the dogs have made an inquiry late, but we also heard that things were locked and loaded. But as far as I'm concerned, if the Bulldogs make contact, you're Ivan Cleary, I'm Ivan Cleary, are you holding out from the Tigers situation if the dogs pop up? Because yes. I tell you what, I think there's two things straight away. There's a hell of a lot more stability and there's more third parties. So you're in a stronger position. And I think the flip of moving on to the Bulldogs to the Tigers is a lot quicker to being a contender. And pretty similar junior bases. Pretty similar. Probably a bigger catchment yeah, for the West Tigers, but... Canterbury got pretty good juniors. More so, negotiation power at the Bulldogs, I think, though, and more third parties. Look, if I, had, if I had to pick one job or the other, I'm picking the Dogs, 100%. So, so, but it'll be interesting because, you know, there's talks that Rayland Castle wants to leave. Yeah. So well, I've mentioned that twice. Rugby Union franchises in New yeah. Zealand apparently talk that she'll go take uh, something over there. So is she the one firing the bullet here, or is she going to fire the bullet and then leave? Is she just going to leave it to her predecessor to make a decision on Des Hasler? There's a lot of things above Hasler here that I think when pieces fall into place, we'll probably decide his fate. Uh, because at the moment, it looks like they've been sort of walking on eggshells and dancing around this for a while, even to the point of the end of last season where they basically sacked everyone but Des without sacking him and then said, look, we're going to give you a new deal. And then now they pull the deal off the table. It just seems yeah. very un-Bulldogs-like. 100%. That how un- un- unorganised they're being perceived to be at the moment. So it's, then... it's confusing. I don't know. And you're right. This may have forced the dog's hand. The fact that the Tigers... And this might be behind the Tigers' thinking. This is we'll the go best early. coach available. We'll go early. We'll get Cleary before anyone else flies their coach and gets him. This is the only proven product in the market. There's no one else there. If you have to make a move otherwise, they're talking about uh, Dean Pay, Jim Dimmick. No offence. Dean Pay, again, one of these guys' assistant. You I don't can, mind Dean Pay. You can be buddy-buddy and he's done the under-20s jobs, but we've seen plenty of guys do that come in and fail. Jim Dimmick, he's done some cup stuff there. He's been an assistant. He's done a few games. But again, you want yeah. the guy with the best pedigree, best availability. I think if I'm the Bulldogs and there's any truth here and things aren't done and dusted, I'm making a move for Ivan Cleary right now. Yeah, agree. Um, but the other thing I want to mention just while we're on tackle four on the Bulldogs, the mention of them possibly getting all four players from the Tigers, that's a stupid move as well. The Bulldogs? Yeah. The talk over the weekend was they're going to put an offer in for all four of those players. And I just thought, well, that's ridiculous. good luck with that. And how's your salary cap done? If you can somehow afford... Where are they going to move all the other players? Mbai's still signed. Hopawade's not. I'd uh, keep Mbai. I think Mbai's good. I just, well, they don't have a again, choice. they don't have an organiser. Reynolds and Mbai, neither of them are organisers. they're both sixes. And I think, if anything, Reynolds is a nine more than he is a seven or a six. He is. I agree. I said that but three years ago. Only, I had no idea why they moved him. The six. only player in that spine that is going to be there after this year, as far as contracts are concerned, is Mbai. Mbai got a long-term deal last year. The other three are all off contract. Yeah. And to be honest, depending on what's on the market, I wouldn't re-sign Hopawade as a fullback, and I wouldn't re-sign Reynolds or Leisha. Fair enough. But again, you need to know what's on the market, and there's not a whole lot, I don't think. Um, so they're going to have to make some moves soon. But if you're going to make a play right now and Ivan Cleary's available, I'm absolutely sharking the Tigers right now. Yeah. And I'm going there. Tackle five, uh, the Cowboys. What we've seen the last two weeks, I know Tal Malolo comes back, and I think that's the big factor um, to get a better insight. But are they a non-factor for the Premiership? Like, they're obviously going to be in the finals, but do you think we have to press wait and see for a few weeks well, with Tal Malolo back? If they had to play a grand final right now, they're a non-contender. But the beauty of it is they've got 22 weeks to get that right, or 26 weeks to get that right. So I think would they win the comp right now? No. 
No. Uh, they're not even... They're a borderline top four side at the moment. Probably... They're a top eight yeah, side. Yeah, they're a top eight side, but they're not a... They're not, I don't think they're a top four side. No. Uh, but look, that's the beauty of having 22 weeks or 26 weeks, whatever it is, before the grand final, is to develop yourself into a... Fill those holes and develop yourself into a premiership side, which they can do. Yep. Cohen Hess is playing good footy. He's outstanding. Get Tal Malolo back this week. They've played now... They've, well, they've gone one-on-one on one without him, which is a pretty good result. Bolton's been brilliant just quietly. Yeah. Scotty Bolton's been outstanding. Uh, I still think... I think Thurston had a better game on the weekend. I still think Morgan's been He's a little bit quiet. Important. They're missing Coot. Yeah. So I think their spine players are probably the ones to answer. And their outside backs haven't been overly great either. Like Palmer's been... Yeah. You well, know, those guys, all those guys that you thought had lighted up, even Gallon Mosby on the weekend, it was okay. But they're certainly not lighting it up like they've been touted to do. So it's going to take them a little bit of time. No, and uh, the last tackle I've got here, the Warriors season, is it over before it's even begun? Oh, it's early doors, like but it doesn't look good. It, no. it certainly doesn't look good. Their attack is amateur. They, they don't look fit. Defensively, they, they look confused. They just look to be playing without any real passion, aggression, plan. You know, I could go into a whole list of things, but it, it certainly doesn't look good. No, it doesn't look good at all. Foreign pulls out before kickoff. Sheck, a couple of errors there. Well, they're saying he's torn his hamstring. If he's torn his hamstring, that's another six weeks. Well, and people don't actually realise it. Oh, like it's a repetitive a, injury. I had a strain after I had the graft for my ACL done, and even a grade one as a partial tear is at least two to four weeks. So, well, I had one I had one in one of my last years of footy, a hamstring strain, and I kept playing on it, and it still hurts me to this day. Mm, um Horrendous. Uh, just one of those injuries that you could, sometimes they just never never become right. And this is obviously, I'm talking a little twinge. I'm not talking tearing it like he's. No, he's, he's had multiple done it. injuries with his hamstring too. It though. is now, and this is the this is why Parramatta have sat Corey Norman or sat Corey Norman uh, last week when they got beat, beaten by the Titans because they've had this experience with Kieran Foran and they know that if the hamstring goes, it becomes a chronic injury. Yeah, that's one of those ones that is really, really sensitive to rehab as well. So. Uh, not a good one, but that is our set of six. Moving on to your fan questions. I've kind of grouped them together this week because we get so many. So uh, stats, numbers, things of this nature. First up, Mick Johnson, he's asking, should the NRL use something similar to the NBA? And if we watch it, they have a statistic about points created and points let in and maybe the use of that for something, especially like the halves at the Tigers. Um, yeah. And would you get a better look? And obviously I've touched many times before on my thoughts on Mitchell Moses and the fact that he may set up one crack a try or make a run but at the same time usually capitulates and lets two or three in. So. Well you know I have a few I've got a tackle cost stat that I take um, a point saved stat because then the thing the thing about taking defensive stats is ne- there's never a point a point allocated to them if you save points. It's always like well there's zero on the scoreboard but yeah it's not really there's not a numerical value for that for players so they, yep. they always think if I score there's four on the board for that if I save it they sort of go well I don't get rewarded for that yeah you know I know I know it's narrow minded but players often think like that whereas if you get in the sheds and say look boys we've saved three tries we saved 12 points that half yeah they go okay yeah and you know well there is a value it makes saving. it a little bit more val- yeah, valuable to the players and if you can get them to buy in yeah um, I get all that I, th- I think the most coaches that have a stat on that. Well, that's old Mick. The one that we used to have a massive focus on when we there, they had an effort per minute stat where they'd add up all the little things like supports, yeah. all these bits and pieces, and they'd give us a score basically over yeah. minute, like how many you're making. So really, really good guys. Some were you know, making four to five efforts per minute. Wingers, outside backs, all these guys get a lower rating. But they'd give you a score, and basically they'd aim every week for us to get over 100. 
Um, but it, it's pretty hard yeah, to calculate. Most, there was most, almost uh, twenty plus things on the bloody sheet. So every every team's got a stat like that. Yeah. So that that definitely could work, Mick. I agree with you there. Crowds was one that was brought up, and I apologise. Somebody hit me up on Twitter, and I completely forgot. And he wanted us to talk about it, so the name slips my mind, and I couldn't find it because there's been so much activity. But also Thor. Uh, Toyo, he's asked us as well. Crowds, look at the Roosters Rabbitohs Derby between 13 and 2015. There was 30,000 to 45,000. Now there's only 11. Um, That's because Seattle's going bad. Yeah, I think also, again, the TV side of things. And like I said, I apologise. Roosters had a bad year last year. Yeah, I apologise to have a message me on Twitter, but he said, I get your point about TVs and how convenient it is and advertising dollars and that, but still they have to do something to bring people back to the game. And my thoughts were basically, you've just been in the US and you've said about how much better the game day experience is, and they're the opposite to us. As good as TV is, they want to go to the game. You want to go to the game because you're missing out. Like, well, I've now been to a Super Bowl. There's no, there's no bigger sporting event than the Super Bowl, and you can't explain how good it is. You yeah. can't, you can't describe how good it is. It's better than being at, uh, at home. And you know what? The Super Bowl during when when you guys are watching ads, so are we on the big screen. They're playing the ads in the stadium. People are having a laugh and. You know, as much as they say that the you know they've got the mu- music pumping, they've got the girls dancing, they've got shirts being shot into the crowd. There's there's too much going on yeah. in the US. It, there's so much going on, you don't know where to look. Whereas over here, it's just you know you get the cheer girls to dance for a song, yeah. the hip hip hooray, they'll do a running race, and that's it. It's yeah. it's it's pathetic. It, it really is pathetic. And Paint your kids' face and just really simple stuff. Whereas you go to these, but all that sort of stuff. If you go, if you got to go and get your kids' face painted, you're not watching the game. No. It needs to be... They need to bring the entertainment to your seat. Yeah. It needs to feel like you're at home. I know the Panthers have got a, uh, a bring your food and beers and drinks and stuff to your seat. Mm. You know, the, the last thing you want to do at a football game is line up for 30 minutes for a beer. Yeah. When at home, I can walk to the fridge and I can sink three and a half mm. and they're cold and, you know, it's warm well, inside. How and many times have I said it? I know you, probably... We're on the same page. Yeah. And the reason, you know, I, I, I'm only... I'm lucky I've got the experience. I've been over there and I've seen it. It was recently, obviously, I've seen it. It's a midweek, a Thursday night uh, ice hockey game in Dallas. They're, they're selling tickets for $7. Yeah, ridiculous. You know, but they packed the joint out and it, you know, it was a great spectacle. Well, I, you know, obviously, I'm there on a, on a holiday. I, I don't give a shit what day. I lost track of what day it was. Yeah. But for a guy living in Dallas that had to go to work, mm. that, you know, has got the choice to sit at home and watch it. Yeah. He thinks, well, for seven bucks, I'll, I'll, oh, we'll go. I'll go. Yeah. yeah. Well, my, my big issue is basically what you touched on. Nisa, the same thing. Uh, it's also what's going on at the game, but cost. I'm not going to Penrith and paying thirty dollars to get in. I don't go. No. For, I don't go for the Panthers, but thirty dollars for me to get in for eighty minutes, pay eight dollars per beer, and have to drive myself home or get away home after is going to cost me a lot more than what I've said a hundred times. Super Saturday, three games, pizza and a carton. I'm paying like Look, sixty bucks, and I'm having a great time. If it's a Thursday night one-off game or a Friday night one-off game or whatever, I, I'm more all the Monday night games. I was more likely to go because I knew that I wasn't missing another game. But thirty bucks to get Super in. Saturday, you'd have to. It has to be. It'd have to be Melbourne down here. It'd have to be the Cowboys down here. It'd have to be someone like that to get my butt off the couch to go down there and watch them live. And Penrith would have to be going fairly yeah, well. Thirty something dollars though. That's ridiculous. Look, I'd be I'd happy to I'd be happy to pay it if it's if it's a marquee game. That's probably once a year I'd I'd get off Mars and go and watch it live. Yeah, that's and I haven't been to a Penrith game since I was with the NYC. I didn't go to a game at all last year at Penrith. Yeah, I think I went to one, and that was for a night out with blokes from work. Correct. Not there you go. Penrith, so. You know, I'm, I'm, we're going to go for one for a work and function in a couple of weeks. The, the South game on a Friday night. That's last day of school for us, so it's yeah. a bit, in a, a bit of, of an event. Otherwise, I'm going home. I'm having hamburgers on the barbie. I'm having a few beers. 
some chips and whatever, and I can watch both games here. Yep. Uh, the competition and the draw in general. Anthony Cagliano on Twitter. Do you think the season draw needs to be fixed up? Some teams get all the breaks. How is that a fair comp? Yeah, it's, well, well, it's, we've said it. We've talked about this. As long as we've done the podcast, yeah. we've spoken about this. So. This is allocated to teams that are we marquee agree. games, bigger TV crowds. Brisbane, obviously, are on their own. They draw big crowds. Tigers, Nostalgia, etc., etc. Melbourne, the Raiders, these kind of guys are not going to get the Channel 9 or marquee games because they don't draw the bigger ratings. So yeah. uh, it is unfair, but that's how it works, the TV deal. NRL will take back control next year is it yes we spoke about so yeah. for the time being yeah we've touched on that one a few times uh, Ross and the Newcastle Knights true grid on Twitter did Nathan Ross muck up offloading to a phantom or is it his teammates lack of intestinal fortitude that is the problem well they need to back him up they do need to back him up but he played the ball on another one where play, he got up played the ball and there was another dummy half they're already busted like we talked about it's going to be a hard year when you don't have the squad depth and uh, they tried very well, hard we spoke the first about few weeks. on Friday we we're going to get pick up the pool table from my man cave, but that's on a side note. But we were talking about that game um, with our stepsister's partner, and we I sort of made that comment that look, I think, and we said it on the pod they're going to break down. Improve, yeah, you don't want to play Newcastle in the first four weeks, mm. but after that, the when break down. De- correct, yeah. you know. And when I saw when I saw the Titans draw and we ha- we drew them round two at home, I thought, oh god, you know that's you know I want to play them then, yeah. you know. But I'd I'd love to draw them now. Oh, 100%. And the Sharks, same deal. Get them this week. Absolutely yeah, shellacked home. them last week, and they've just had a confidence-boosting winning. Um, it's not a great time for Newcastle. It's not. So, uh, yeah, that pinch has already been felt. Matt Lewin on coaches. Who's the better assistant, uh, JT or Kearney? And he's JT. pretty happy having a laugh about that. JT. One. No doubt in my mind. I think JT has got uh, exceptional ability to be both a very good goal-kicking coach and be a very, very good attacking coach. His his weaknesses are around how he manages difficult situations, yeah. conflict, the media. I don't think Things he's a real bigger, leader, though. I don't think he's one of those guys I that can take control him, of the I group. don't look at him and go, I want to play for him. Yeah, he's not a, a great leader of men. I think he struggles with the authority role. He's better off with that sidekick role, just having a contribution. I um, don't know too much about Kearney. Obviously, he does a good job with New Zealand, but by the looks of it so far right now, it doesn't look like anyone's got the There's magic. a lot of passion in the New Zealand jumper, but... So you, yeah, you it's gotta... a big difference to the Warriors. Yeah. Uh, the Warriors thing just seems to be whoever rolls in there rolls out besides Ivan Cleary. Yeah. Ivan Cleary seems to be the only one who's been able to whisper uh, the right language, so... Well, simplify things, I think. I, I think from what I've had, things. From what I've had to do with Ivan, you know, which isn't a great deal, but I've got to, I know enough about the way he coaches and his personality that I think he'd just be... You know, a good motivator. He's very quietly spoken, Ivan, as, yeah. as a man in general. Like, he can fire up, don't get me wrong, but in general he's pretty quiet and pretty unassuming and very intelligent. So I think he just understands the way to make those guys tick. Mm. Andrew Wales on coaches again. Any chance Angry Jeff can get the Tigers job? Gee, I miss him. Oh, it'd be great, wouldn't it? Angry but, Jeff. Mate, he'd have an aneurysm if he, if oh, he went there. He, mate. He'd murder everyone on that board. He'd punch holes through everyone. He'd blow a blood vessel every week in his head. Yeah, well, unfortunately, I hear he's not having a great time at Bradford. They started minus 12. He's gone there to try and lift them out of the second division. But because of going into, uh, you know, they've gone bust for a second time, they start the competition on minus 12. So Ridiculous uh, behaviour. Not happy times for Angie Jeff. But uh, Dogs, Dez and their style of play, plenty of people. Daniel Hollands, Adam Baines, Luke Tomlins. Uh, they've all asked questions about them. You've got about... Uh, what's going on? Is it time to put the broom through them? Then does that include the coach? Adam Bain, he's obviously got an issue. He's been a fan for 37 years and he can't remember being more disappointed with their play. In saying that, uh, he's also mentioned here that uh, Des has not missed the finals in 12 seasons. Winning can we, two can we say, can we give ourselves a little bit of a pat on the back and say that we called this... We've like, been talking at the about end of four the, years. It, 
we previewed the 2012 Grand Final mm. and said that the Storm would beat them just because the Storm oh, know how to defend their style of play. And their style of play hasn't changed, ladies and gentlemen, We've in said five years. Every year. And again, Daniel Holland's chipped in with his bit at the top here. Uh, dog style of attack, it's boring. Thought Matty Johns nailed it when he said that the struggle with the fundamental catch pass, etc. What's more concerning uh, is I don't it think basic it's that. fundamentals. It's the fact that they don't they don't even look up and play what's in front of them. They just play the play like they're a robot. Yeah. And all these guys, it's all based around the same thing. Coach, style of play, etc. Well, again, look, the coach gets the players. And the players, yeah. you know, well, like I said, reflect certain, what the coach wants to do. Certain so. coaches don't get to do it. He's one of the few who has. This is his group. You can't defend him. No one so can defend him. He bought these guys. He wanted land of the Giants. This bullshit style of play is his. It is time to move the broom on. And it's only one person who mentioned him. That's Adam Bain. Hoping that the Cleary rumours are true. And if there is any hope for them to get him... He's the best one on the market. They need to move now. I don't know if that Tigers deal is done as I spoke of, but if there's any opportunity to get Ivan Cleary, I think that's the best person if you want to change your style of play. Um, So hopefully for Luke Tomlins, Adam Bain and Daniel Hollins, that is the case. But yeah, feel your frustration, boys. Everyone's got the same thing about style Style of play. No one's a fan. So Sinbin's penalties, refs, judiciary, all these things brought up by a lot of people this this week. Adam Pointer. He's uh, happy last week we mentioned about the only getting one warning, giving away penalties inside your 10, and that that should be Sinbin. He's sick of seeing people giving up two points to protect, uh, obviously, the try line, and then just brings up there's an inconsistency with it, and he's talking about how Jackson got 10, but Maloney got nothing, and what was our opinion on the Clemmer slap? Well, I thought if that's striking to me, no different to the punching rule. Oh, I don't get it. I, it annoys the shit out of me. They, you, you just should not be able to hit, slap, poke, yeah. Anyone. No, no. Hands off. Hands off. Like, I'm a school teacher. If, like, a slap's as good as a punch to me. Like, if a kid slaps another kid on the face or punches him, it's not much different. It's still... Still striking. Still, he's still, yeah. He wasn't the line. Stepped over the line, Peter. He goes, I want the ball. You don't get hit someone because you want the ball. Yeah. That, look, Clemens just, Clemens just got a lot of that rubbish in his game. Uh, a lot of people like it. I don't particularly like it because I'm a little bit old school. And I watched enough guys play like your Adrian Morley's and dudes like this who would have just knocked Clemmer off his feet. Yep. And Clemmer gets away with the staunch stuff that he, he does because there's no one there that will really put him in the line. Like Shane Webke, you reckon he would have copped that? Oh, mate. Hell no. Plenty of these guys would have gone after Hell him. Hell no. And, you know, there'd be people out there that are 10 years older than me that would have watched a lot of the 90s and 80s football who, you know, there would have been guys that would have hammered Webke and Morley. Well, Brenton Lawrence wanted a bar of him. Wasn't allowed to get a crack. But... Oh, and I wouldn't want to go Brenton Lawrence. He's been in the army. He's uh, He looks like he can go. He's an angry man. I reckon he could go. Uh, he is right with the inconsistency of the sin binning. Um, the Jackson no one, but Maloney got away with it. And you he's also what? mentioned about stopping... This is my pet hate. Players being blocked off the ball during a kick chase in the game. You know what I reckon? You know the easiest way to get rid of it? Penalise it. That's the problem. But they penalise one. Just like every uh, game, they make one person move back and play the ball on the spot. Either crack yeah. down on all of them or crack down on none of them. Same you as what? playing the ball with your foot. You watch a game of Super League at the moment. That it, they are their referees are one hundred and fifty thousand times ahead of ours. Yeah, they are so much better, man. So yeah. much better. And the product at the moment in the Super League is a lot better than the, in the NRL. I know the ability and the skill level isn't up to ours. No. What you watch for and the entertainment is the, a lot better. The than The referees ours. aren't worried about the TV and ben how they're He he just hammered. I can't think of what game it was last week, but it was like a borderline high tackle. Ten in the bin. There was a there was a swinging arm. Uh, sorry, a, a guy with the ball through an elbow and cop someone. Bang, ten, ten in the, the bin. bin. Went down the other end. Two penalties in a row. Warning. Third penalty. Ten in the bin. It yeah. was it was great. Yeah. And the ref and they don't run up to the refs and they don't no. speak like shit to the referees. They 
they go to the referee, have a conversation, and he just goes, no, that, I've said what I need to say, away you go. And if there's any rubbish, see you later. Yep. I 100% agree with you there. Uh, we've got Darren Stone. He reckons for repeated infringements, award them two points and a penalty. I don't agree with that. I reckon uh, just bring back the five-minute sin bin, uh, but I can see he's thinking. Yeah, five-minute sin bin. Bring it on. Or the, I like the idea that you you put a man in the bin, and then when they score, they can come back on. Yeah. I like that. That's fine. Nick Quest, or nickname on Twitter, he says the same thing. Why wasn't Maloney sin bin? So he should have been. There's that no bit doubt, of inconsistency no we're talking about. Darren Shishka says the same things. Is there any way you can make them enforce a rule better? Because he's sick of teams defending and giving away professional fouls inside the 10 to kill attacking teams' momentum. So... It's a real pet hate for a lot of people. James Heron says third man in below the knees appears to be creeping back in. Yeah, I saw a couple over the weekend. Well, uh, this this rubbish that you know, they, and we had referees down in 2015 working with our players in the NYC for the whole preseason about you know you're not going to be able to make any contact below the knee or below. That's gone out the window. Oh, How the hell are you going to police that? So they miss we, a lot of we them. paid little attention to it in 2015 and won the comp and I think we got penalised once for a tackle below the knee so yeah I think the referees just they make rules up in order to fill in time in the off season I think Matty Johnston penalty for kicking out what a wind up he's obviously referring to Tom Apia please seen plenty of those tell you what if uh, if those rules were in place when Michael Hancock was playing it would have been a penalty every tackle yeah there's a few that have happened and didn't get picked up and all of a sudden Jordan Rapana's a a, he loves a kick out he loves a kick out you know uh, Joshua Ann, he think it'd be interesting to offer a team a choice for penalties. Kick for touch, kick for goal, or tap for a seven tackle. I set. like that. Would eliminate all these teams giving away penalties inside the 10 metre. Well, not really. You need to put people in the bin. Even if you give seven tackles, like people it. are still going to hold down. But I do like the option. Mm. Uh, Aaron Wolfe, he's not happy. Ryan James will get suspended for a shoulder charge. But when JT does it back-to-back, uh, nothing happens. So There was a lot of dog shit calls in that Titans-Cowboys game. But yeah, well, that's basically a lot of people the uh, Titans about it, not happy it. with penalties, refereeing, sin bins. A lot of people on the Dragons here. we got Arthur Sikalis, the Buckster. Um, we got Andre Nistrum, one of your favourites. Loves asking for betting advice on there. Joseph Andre. Yusuf and Timmy Cole. For the most part, everyone here is asked about how good they're going. But the first one I'll answer here is Arthur. He's asking about Sean Nona. And is he that bad to have Macrone in front of him? What's your thoughts on Nona? Is he capable of playing NRL? Well, I've done a fair bit of cut, and he was at Melbourne for a little bit. He's just inconsistent, mate. Last year, he was off the bench most of the uh, time, and then the last couple of games on the comp, he was outstanding. But I think they're probably just going with McCrone because he's played some first grade, and they're three from four. So, obviously, so far, mm. they're happy with the way he's playing with McCrone. And I'm pretty sure he... Uh, sorry, with Widop, and I'm pretty sure he got injured to start the year. And with that... Andre, your man, he mentions Widop. He looks like his old self again. Great stepping game, passing, and kicking his on point. The Brit has his mojo back, but do you agree with all these guys? The Buckstar, Andre, Joseph, Yusuf messaged asking us. We haven't had their power rankings and admits he's a fan, along with Tim Cole, who asks how good they're going. But Joseph mentioned, are they the real deal or are they running on a high? He sees them as a top five or six team, but then again, he is a Dragons fan. Oh. I'm going to press the wait and see button. I think they're going. I think they're playing a good style of footy, but I think it's a very good style of football for this time of the year. Yeah. So whether they're able to break down defences at the back end of the year, they're not going to be able to do it the way they're playing now. No. So if they continue to, to develop their game and get better, they're definitely the real deal. I, don't, I still don't think. I don't care how good they play. You're not winning a comp with Josh McCrone on the field. No. Uh, so I think their ceiling is top eight. If yeah. they make the top eight, that's a massive overachievement. And look, we I predict them to be in bottom four, and I'm so still, 
I still think they'll miss the eight, but I, I don't think they're going to be bottom four, so I've got that wrong. Well, this is what they had the other year. They're tough, they're consistent. They're almost like, I basically said it to you yesterday, and I said it to a few people, they remind me what the Sharks were like before they go to spine. It's a forward-based game. They're going to play you tough. They're going to do the simple things right. They have good yardage backs or big boys that bring them out of uh, trouble, but the spine's not that creative, basically. You're not yeah. getting a whole lot from McInnes, McCrone, Woodock. They're doing their job, and they get tries off effort and consistency, and they got a couple yesterday off errors sure. and a couple of crash overs because they try hard. But like two years ago, when they were leading the comp at halfway, then flattened out, can you maintain this? Because when you play in Melbourne, the Cowboys, someone who's got points in them, you're going to need more than just bump and grind, not make errors, completing, completing, and it's going to take a toll on your forwards. You're not going to be able to do this every single week. Exactly. So they need more from their spine. If they can develop, like you're saying, I agree. Um, but let's look at it this way, and this is my thoughts for all you Dragons fans. If Ben Hunt was there right now and Dugan had half a passing game, you'd be a legit threat. But at the moment, like you said, McCrone's there. I can't say you're the real deal. I say you're a top eight team. I agree with that. Bottom end, but you're not a real deal for the competition with that spine. That's yeah. just my thoughts. But forward pack, I outstanding agree. yardage backs. Outstanding. Uh, Cowboys, David Grasso says, similar to what I asked before, can the Cowboys be potentially more dangerous than before if these young kids can play consistently? Thought their attack was clunky, predictable, and may these injuries be a blessing in disguise. Well, for depth, uh, somewhat, but we think losing Scott definitely hurts. Tamalolo, Hess coming in, these guys can do a job, but I think they need those two on the field every single week to be able to stay dynamic enough because we've seen... Without Tamalolo there, or at least without two of those dynamic forwards, they kind of struggle to generate a roll-on for those edge-back rolls, and the guys off the bench uh, don't exactly have a lot of punch. That's just my thoughts. Um, yeah, yeah. They're, they're missing those guys, yeah. definitely. And Zach Rivera, he says, Hess is a freak when attacking the line. Four tries this year with three to five blokes hanging off him, and you can't argue that point. I think he's a bolter for Queensland, to be honest. If they're looking for someone... If you're picking it on form... He's very, very to good be. to be has off to the be. bench. Uh, there's a few people asked about the Storm. Funny as, mate, the page and Matteo Grasso. Uh, he's asked, is it just a matter of the Storm change their style of football? In the early rounds, I've noticed they throw the ball around, play footy rather than wrestle grind style that they're famous for. And funny as, mate, he says, wow, Slater is looking good. Give him a few weeks and damn, he's going to carve up. But he's not happy with Smith. Does anyone else think he's a grub? He's a great leader, but he gets away with a lot of stuff. Uh, are the refs biased towards him? He gets away. He gets away with it because he's too good. He is too good. He's very sneaky. That's for sure. But he's also he hasn't earned the right to get it. No one earns the right to get no. away with things. But people look at at him he's like account. he is an immortal of the game. Mm. Like like people looked at Andrew Johns at the end of his career. Yeah. And whether you like it or not, there's a currency in the fact that he is the best player or one of the best players in the game. That has a value. That has an effect on referees. If you're going to put him next to Michael Leisha or you're going to put him next to Cameron McInnes and expect the referees to treat them exactly the same, you're a dunce. Well, just quietly. Because it, ne- it never happens. And as frustrating as it would be to coach against him, because every Origin series, he drives me up the wall. Yeah. Because I'm just, I want us to win and I'm so passionate about the Blues winning, he shits me to tears. But yeah. whenever I watch the Storm play, I'm in, admire, I admire the hell out of that side. Yeah. And I just love what they do. So, I mean, when you when you put it from an emotional perspective and when you are a fan playing against the Storm, I get it because I know what it's like when, when the Maroons are playing the Blues in origin. But you've got to respect what he does. And does it annoy the shit out of me? And do I think he get, gets away with certain things? Of course. You know the best thing, and I've mentioned this before, he does it on the slide. Nothing's blatantly grubby. And the other one is people go, he always talks to refs. You know the reason why he gets away with talking to him? Because he's respectful. Because he doesn't half decent manner whether he annoys them or not. He doesn't go up and light them up with F-bombs and aggression. He's calm as a cucumber. So when everyone whinges about that, I'm like, well, look at the way he talks to them. That's the difference. Correct. Whether he's slightly 
doing the old mind tune and trying to work them over a little bit, he does it in the right manner. Matter. When you go light one up with a bunch of F-bombs, of course they're going to react that way. So, uh, And with Mateo, I agree. They've changed their style a little bit. They generally tweak things a little bit every single year. So with Billy back in especially, I think uh, they're obviously a lot more dangerous. But Peter Dillon, he asked about Braley. Will he get dropped and Seguiaro play 80 in a couple of weeks? I don't think so. No. He's going to remain an impact no. player. You it's can also first try on the weekend. Yeah, 100%. And I think they're going to groom him long term. They've given him a, a deal already. Seguiaro is a great impact player. I think 80 minutes blunts him, and they're more than happy. Yeah. You can use him as a middle and have him on the field as well. He can put a shot on. He can run the football. Uh, I don't think he'll be playing 80 minutes, mate. No, I agree. The Warriors, we touched on them before, but look at this absolute barrage here. You've got Aaron Wolf, how do you fix the Warriors? Shannon Fennec, it's been stated many times, but the Warriors have a premiership side on paper. What they're going to need to do to win? Daniel Friend, is RTS too nice to be a captain? I think they need a hard-ass. James Moody, talking about should Sean Johnson move on? Sandy says she's never tipping them again. They ruined her perfect round. We don't do that, Sandy. Uh, so many people here. And Lucas, on, uh, Lucas Taylor on Twitter... He's not very happy. Should they start rebuilding for next season? He knows it's only round three, but they need forwards in general to go forward. Uh, plenty of people are not happy. And Ian Stanmore reckons that about Kieran Foran's injury, he reckons on camera it looked like a bloke who just didn't want to play as far as demeanour was concerned. So It's a uh, fair point. A lot of people frustrated. I think he did do the hamstring, but I can kind of get your feeling. He looked ejected. They're forwards. I touched on that for anyone who's just mentioned it here at the start of the year that I didn't think there was anyone really threatening. I've tipped them every week as well, Sandy, so I agree. Uh, James, Sean Johnson leaving the Warriors. I don't think it's going to make a difference. A lot of these clubs wouldn't pay him what he wants. I think his attitude's not that great at club football, so he wouldn't get to make a decision, I think, to move to a Storm Broncos or Cowboys in general. Yeah, um, Money-wise, so as, much, as talented as he is, uh, he wouldn't have that choice. Those clubs would seek him out, but... I think they all just need to pull their boots up and actually have a dig for once, especially their forwards, because that's the main thing. Every year their attitude's just piss poor and their effort is. Yeah. Uh, that's the big problem. And Shannon's mentioned it again. It's been stated many times over premiership side, but what do they need to do to win? Just have a dig. Simple. And Aaron, how do you, you fix the Warriors? Well, God, no one knows how to fix the Warriors. Ivan Cleary, like we said, is the only one who's had any success in the, probably the last decade. So Exactly. God knows what's going on there. Ask Ivan Cleary what he thinks, but... Uh, I'm not really liking the forward pack. That's the big thing for me at the moment. And Isaac Luke's a shadow of the play he was. I think he needs some time in cup, to be honest. I think it's uh, time for a bit of a wake-up call. But concussion, Rob Carter's brought it up. He's talking about the 18-man concept and what our thoughts are. Lowering the interchange to six and having five men on the bench is one of those players being designated, only to be activated when one player leaves the field. Well, we spoke about this last week somewhat. Uh, it has to be for concussion, obviously, or foul play. And this interchange would not count as one of the six. Fair. Yeah. Yeah, fair. Uh, Origin's been brought up. Queensland forward pack. It's never too early to talk. That's from uh, B Puck on Twitter. Oh, I reckon Napa and Hess are two guys that are looking in there, um, but I don't think their forward pack will change much. You're no. going to have Gillette. Uh, Scott's out, but Napa, like we said, probably takes that role. Hess might be an impact player. You've got Maguire, um, even with Parker moving on. They blooded Cooper last year. Ethan Lowe. We'll get a look in. There's a lot of guys there that'll basically be the same side for Parley. You know, basically what's going to be there. But Hess and Napa are probably the two new inclusions, I think, if Parker and Scott are not there. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Uh, Thor, it's he's... hard, yeah. Well, did you mention that? Yeah, okay, go to that one. Yeah, yeah. well, Thor's asked, is Paul Vaughan origin player this year? On form, yes. On form. Will Laurie Daly pick him? Probably not. Probably not. Laurie Daly will go with Tarmow and Woods, which wouldn't surprise you, but yeah, quite frustrating. A lot of people have brought up New South Wales side, half-spine props. I reckon we neglect talking about that for a few more weeks, to be honest. It's very early doors. Uh, people are already naming their teams in the paper. Again, I think that's a bit premature. Silly. So we'll wait a couple more weeks. And the last question, 
William Robinson, Paul Kent's comments about Milford, fair or unfair? Fair. Yeah, I 100% agree. So that basically wraps us up as far as all the fan questions are concerned. Uh, I have a quick look on Twitter and other bits and pieces just to make sure there's been nothing, but that's everything I found before we came on the air. But jumping into our reviews of the matches from the weekend, starting off the Roosters over South Sydney, 22-6 for Souths. Same problem as always, still too many errors and just a lack of punch. Um, They didn't really look that dynamic at all as far as uh, creativity is concerned. And to be quite honest, Farrah needs his kicking license revoked. I get angry about it in Origin and plenty of other things, but stupid grubber kicks and not passing the ball to probably the bloke with the best attacking kicking game inside 20 and Adam Reynolds just frustrates me. Yeah, hard to hard to disagree. Oh, I thought this game changed when uh, Sam Burgess went off with a concussion. I thought they were really... They were in it. The, the Bunnies, they were forcing some errors and they looked, it looked as though they, they may be able to cause an upset. But as soon as he went off, they they struggled, let's face it. I thought Cody Walker was probably the only He's one that really looked like doing anything in the game. Uh but it was three key players for the Roosters. I thought Michael Gordon, Mitchell Pearce and Boyd Corden were all exceptional. And Kerry was obviously solid again. And the one for the Roosters who had a bit of a Barry Crocker was our mate, Sean Kenny Dow. Oh. Got a couple of text messages from Gossip during the game. Saying, oh, Kenny Dow is due to, due to have a Barry. And sure enough, he, he delivered. Tell you what, his best is absolutely outstanding, but his worst is absolutely dreadful. Oh, Lord. No, I've seen people blowing up about the Ford Pack of South. So I did the North Sydney game of the weekend, and how Anthony Charrington is not playing first grade after what I watched on the weekend, dear Lord. If you're talking about size, footwork, and speed, and they're definitely lacking in that, on the weekend, he looked like an NBA power forward. He was spinning, twisting, popping. The ball was hanging out in one hand, which is a bit loose, but he was absolutely dominating. New South Wales Cup. You want a big bopper with some good footwork and a bit of mobility, they could need him right now. Yep. And, uh, Tom and George, it doesn't matter which twin you put in, they've both got the same problem with the dropsies, let's put it that way. <laughs> exactly. Um, very frustrating. Full credit, again, like you mentioned, to Walker. There's not a lot else I can say that's positive. Roosters show again the depth and why they're going to be a threat later in the year. Carter comes in, he was seamless. Watson's there, Tedavano, Manu, etc. That's four guys that they've already used, and there's guys to come back who are going to make them a better side. So, yeah. scary thought moving forward, but they created numbers so easily. Very sharp on that left hand side, but they also showed they can do it on the right, and the platform all starts in the middle. Yeah, it does. And I love their halves linking. Not enough teams do it. We blow up about every week, but it's great to watch halves linking up, and um, that speed from Kiri just seems to create a number every time, especially when they flip the play from one side of the ruck to the other. They pulled their pants down three times this week. So, yeah. uh, this week coming. The Roosters play Manly, and I thought a couple of weeks ago I wouldn't say this is going to be a difficult game, but the attitude the last two weeks by Manly... It's been pretty uh, solid. This is going to hopefully be more like the 2013 clashes we saw. Hopefully they're very aggressive, but so. fingers crossed. And for Souths, they play the Cowboys. You'd say with Tom Lilo back and being up there, uh, that might be difficult, but this game's under a cloud because of the cyclone that's on the way. They've announced today they're not too sure whether it'll go ahead. Just quietly, I'm pretty sure Brisbane's not playing at Suncorp. Can we just move the game and not mess with the Cyclone? Yeah. Is that a possibility? Yeah, it's ridiculous. I don't know about the Reds or the Raw or who's playing there, but they're talking about just wait and see. Bugger that. Move the game. Yeah. If you can move the game, don't... Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 
mess with the cyclone. Yeah. That's ridiculous. So, see what happens there. But Penrith Newcastle, this doesn't need too much breath. Uh, 40 zip, as expected. We talked about this in the pre-season uh, and in the previews. They were going to flatten out. Their top 30 is not that strong. I did Newcastle's last trial game. Everyone names 30, like Canberra ran out a bunch of randoms. The Newcastle side ran out 23 guys, and they're all their best players. They've already lost Pythian. Uh, they've had a couple other people that have missed games. Elliot was out with a concussion. They had a couple other guys here that are playing busted. They're struggling already. There's not a whole lot else they can do. They've pushed in the market. The poor bastards. They've missed Bird. They've missed Pryor. Um, they've missed Matt Scott. Everyone they've gone after, they can't seem to bring in the door. And everyone's using them for leverage, as they do. So I feel really bad for them. But this is just one of those games, like we said, that they're going to have. The what? massive Panthers pack punched out 2,000-plus metres. They killed them in yardage. Uh, Dallin. Peachy, Wallace probed and looked very sharp. And I know everyone's ranting and raving, but no offence, Panther fans. I can't take too much great out of bashing up on Newcastle. No, I, I take week, more so. away from the way that they played against the Roosters a week before. 100%. That game I look at, and this week against Melbourne. Yeah. Um, but I hope McLean plays, because again, you've got to think, no Munster, no Vunivalu, no McLean. Yeah. So it's still going to be a good Melbourne side, but it's not a full-strength Melbourne side. Correct. So I'm going to take a lot out of this one, but if McLean's there, I'll give it more breath. Um, but yeah. I don't. I can't say a whole lot. Great work. The only big thing I'm going to give any life to is Wallace playing before Farrow and Origin. I'll give that my tick of approval. Wallace playing before Farrow? Yep. I have no problem with that on form over the last two years. I don't think he's a greedy player. He doesn't play for himself. He doesn't jump out of dummy half and try and make it about himself. Yeah. And he doesn't put stupid kicks in. I think he's transitioned fantastic. I think he defends pretty well. Especially um, when he tried to take a seat off you in Boxing Day. 100%. Three or four years ago. Yeah. So Front rowers get cheers. you to give him a wrap. 100%. Yeah. Honestly, I, 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 I'll wait and see. At the moment, I tend to think Robbie Farrar, but I don't know. Yeah. I, couldn't, I couldn't pick Pete's. Uh, Not off the injury and the way he's been playing. There's no one else. Cameron McInnes has played pretty well, but there's no way you're picking him for origin. Nah, hell no. Nah. Um, yeah, happen. it's Wallace or Farrar. If you wanted to pick one, though, off the form I've seen over the past 18 months, I'm not giving it to Farrar. Um, but we're very light on in that situation, which is hurting us. It also depends who you pick in the halves. Like, if you're going to pick Reynolds... Well, the talk was picking Pierce there because the way he defends playing at nine, but I think that's... You know. If you pick Reynolds, I'd pick Farrar, obviously, because they've got that combination. Mm. But then again... Well, he's the one sharking him. He's kicks at just the picked well, team. So yeah. See what happens, but I think I'll give a little bit of life to that. And yeah, sorry Panther fans, but yeah, you've you're beaten up on a side that's pretty busted there. There was some really bright moments, but it's hard to read a lot when you bash Newcastle. So yeah. uh, this week we get a real gauge. They play the storm, that'll be a cracker game. Close to the game around, really looking forward to it. Newcastle play the Sharks, that's not gonna get any easier for yeah. them, unfortunately. Broncos Raiders, 13-12, first half. I thought it was brilliant. High intensity, flew by, I couldn't believe how quickly it went. The Broncos got some penalties and had a few moments, but I thought that uh, there was a couple of penalties and bits and pieces they were pretty lucky to get, to be honest. I mm. thought Canberra looked pretty good. Um, but both of them goal-line defence. They were going end-to-end every set. It was hard to work out whether it was really good defence or really poor really execution poor attack, yeah. in, in good ball. Uh, so I'm not too sure. I tend to think it was a little bit more the latter, just bad execution. Yeah. Uh, because it's so early and it was such a high intensity game. It was played well, great spirit, played great up speed. tempo. Yeah, it was. And I just tend to think the fatigue got the better of the teams. And as I said earlier, I thought Brisbane probably deserved to be ahead by more. Not deserved, they should have been ahead by more at the 60th minute or 65th minute. And then all of a sudden they 
had a few things go against them, and here come the Raiders. And oh, I thought in the end the Raiders were unlucky not to win the game. Yeah, I'm with you. I thought they should have won the game. Uh, I thought second half they beat themselves. They, Jack Jack Whiten was really good. I thought he's been outstanding since he's come. And I had a question mark over him. Well, not a question mark. My big thing in the preseason was that he needed to go to the next level for them to be able to win the comp. He's been and he's been good. he's been very good. I tell you, he was also very good on return. Joseph Tarpany, I thought he was outstanding. He's he was in player. absolutely everything off the bench, but. Yeah. Uh, second half, they hurt themselves. No offence to Brisbane, but the amount of errors coming out of your own half, you can't do it. They dropped the yeah. ball seven or eight times inside their own 50, and that piss-poor slide defence on the line, you can't do it. We talked about it last year, and that Boyd tried was identical to the hat-trick he got last year on Croker. No offence, and this is why I jag anyone that says Croker's a rep player. He's not. He can't defend. Not defensive. He makes not. those lapses every so often, and it was just, again, on your own line, you've got to go forward. You know this. It's not rocket science. There's only one place to go. Cut down time and space, especially when you're inside the 10 as an attacking team. You've got to get deeper to be able to get onto the football. They were so flat that Canberra hold, you just crash over. Yeah. And the other trial is the same. McCulloch throws a dummy, but they're all flat on the line. No pressure, slides through. So in the end, they got their pants pulled down by two piss-weak tries from their poor slide defence. Yeah. Um, and I, I got a, this is what I was getting to earlier. Full credit to Austin on that right side. They tried their best to spark things. Hodgson wasn't on the field. But honestly, Aiden sees, I wake up to yourself. Where are you? He was poor last year. I know he had the injury, but he come back. He was absent. And I think in the finals, their halves are the reason they didn't go any further. They were one off a grand final, and their halves were basically absent. Yeah. To start this year, I think Austin was a bit slow, but at least he's trying to run the football. But the other night, he's getting half a million dollars. You're a genuine halfback. He kicked winning field goals for you blokes, and you had a much poorer side. Great goal kicker. Where is he? Yeah. He needed to organise that. They had two cracks to go for a field goal. He's the halfback. No Hodgson, and Austin's a loose number six. He got one job. Where was he? Agreed. Tell you what, Raiders fans, I don't know about you, but I, I'm, I'm not a Raiders fan. I don't go for that side, but that's the one person I'm looking at right now, and I've got a lot of question marks. And the other one's Shannon Boyd. He missed probably 40 minutes of that game. Yep. He got back on very, very late, and he looked gassed. I don't know if he was hurt or not, but for a bloke who just played for Australia, he looks awfully underdone to start the year. So I don't know about him and Paulo, but he wanted to go with the two big boppers instead of a guy who could play minutes, and so far I don't think either of them have been that great. So... Tarpanay, yeah. big minute forward. That's looking like a smarter choice. Vaughn, was that kind of player, but he wanted to go for the two big rigs. And he dropped Dave Taylor, who I watched in cut, played about 70 minutes. Um, I think he needs guys with more minutes in him. So hopefully we see Boyd get back up again because he should have been, or should be putting his hand up for New South Wales contention. But slow start to the year for him and Paula, who's also a New South Wales uh, player or eligible one, but I think they need a bit more out of those two. Um, McCulloch's 200th game, outstanding player, massively underrated, new contract. Well deserved. Don't think he gets anywhere near enough the credit he deserves. And uh, the other bloke I'd probably give her up to is Ben Hunt. Thought he was pretty good in that game. Play well. He's getting back to his running game, which is good. Which is what you want to see from him. That's the strength Absolutely. of his game. But uh, the Broncos this week they play the Dogs, and that's uh, with Mbai suspended. So things getting a bit ugly for them. And to be honest, I've watched their Cup side. There's nothing to bring up. There's only one bloke to bring up. That's Renoff Tuamaga, dynamic forward. But that's not helping their problem at the moment. Uh, they got problems all over the field. And the Canberra Raiders, they've got Parramatta at home, so hopefully a better showing by the Raiders. Manly, 36-0, one-way domination. Uh, first minute to the 80th, intense group effort. Uh, Cherry Evans, we hate saying it, but best game. I think he's played in a long time. Oh, I, don't mind, so I don't mind giving him a rap when he deserves it. He does. Um, and the forward pack set the that's, tone. That's the, sort of money, that's the sort of performance he needs 
for the money that he was demanding. 100%. It needs to be every, every week, though. Five try assists, and I think the spine in general, him and Green were good. Coruscant, Trebojevic is flourishing more and more. But I think the big thing about them, they're not a big side. Well, they have a couple of big boppers, but the general attitude seems to have changed the last two weeks. Right. They've kind of maybe woken up a little bit, realised that Barrett's under pressure. People are slinging mud at them. We had them outside their eight. But if they play with this kind of mentality and keep this side together, yeah, God knows what they can do. God knows what they can do. They can make the eight. I don't know if they can contend for a competition, but this side can make the eight if you maintain this style of play. But the attitude's the big thing. Um, even Sirenen and Winnerstein, who I don't have big raps on at all, thought they were better on the weekend. Kelly seems like he's been an outstanding buyer so far. Walker's attitude in general, especially defensive aggression, is so much better. And Tafua, Uate, they're getting work out of yardage. Their bench did a good job. I ticked the boxes for all of them. But um, in saying that, the Bulldogs are awful. Um, I, I find it hard to take there. But again, two weeks in a row, they've given it to two sides. So I'm very impressed by Manly at the moment. I hope this attitude carries into this week against the Roosters. Yeah. Um, super impressive all over the field. But the Dogs, I think it's time for a change. If they've got a chance to get clearer, we spoke about it early. Now's the time. If that's not a possibility, you probably have to wait and see the end of the year and sum up all your options. But I think it's time to pull the trigger if they can get clearer. That's the best available coach. If he's already gone... Tommy Turbo, does he play Origin? I'd put him on the wing yeah, if Mansour and again you talk about someone Kelly man the Titans why do we let him go well there was talk they didn't know if he was good enough but they oh, didn't please. they didn't ever throw him in you should have please. just thrown him in not like you ever had a great back so and we go and sign Dan Sargentson well I had a slide on all the pommy backs and well, my, I, um, my no I, I I certainly I like the pommy game but I as yeah. I said at the start of the year he yeah, wasn't one that I was signed have I said it backs and forwards the backs seem to struggle Avery. they're not the same kind of players that we have here especially yardage mm-hmm. players so oh, still there's a long time oh, there's a long time to go but not a great start um the Bulldogs, my God. I feel sorry for all the fans out there that listen to us. That all the fans? The fans, especially someone like Adam Bain who popped up, like you said, supporter him his whole life, and you're seeing this right now. Adam, could be worse, mate. Not used to many downtimes. Could, we could never have won a comp before. You could support the Titans. That's right. Pat him on the back. There, there. There, there. You could support the Falcons too. Yep. Well, this week, like we said, playing the Broncos in Bayern missing, and it's a short turnaround, isn't it? I think they've got the Thursday night yeah. game, so it's not getting any easier. For the doggies, that's for sure. Manly, they play the Roosters Friday night. This will hopefully be like the old games we got in 2013. Hopefully it's a cracker. Fingers crossed, man. They continue onwards and upwards. The Sharkies, 20-6 over Parramatta. Um, honestly, I thought the Eels were terrible. Errors, discipline. But the game in general, 31 errors. Both sides are pretty messy. But um, as much as the Sharks made some errors, I thought they caused most of the frustration for Parramatta. Corey Norman was kept out of it. I thought Gutherson and all those kind of players struggled to create anything. And, uh, yeah, just very, very aggressive. Holmes looked safe at the back. I thought Graham hurting his ankle and playing. He was very, very tough. Just re-signed. And I think they've sorted out a lot of those little things they needed to. They've got Townsend and Bird left to sort out. But, honestly, Jack Bird, who are you kidding? You're not going to Newcastle. Parramatta, you're not going to play well, fullback or five eight. He's started whinging about the position he's playing again. Yeah, well, I think... It seems like a bit of a problem child to me. They're talking that the money's 150 less to stay and play, probably lock. I don't know what he's complaining about. Unless Parramatta's guaranteeing him six or one and nine hundred k that they're talking about, there's no reason to leave. And I think Townsend will stay, but they've basically got all their contracts sorted out now, so things will be a bit more stable there. But yeah, um, I thought Braley was good again. Segura and he had a short stint, but they're still quite rusty. I think the Sharkies they haven't really warmed in the air. Gallon was outstanding. Yeah, um, so was Pryor, but I'm still it not. Just looks slow to me. They. I don't know. They don't have the same zip they had last year. The hangover's still there, I think. Yeah, a little a, bit. 
There's a bit of. But uh, you'd rather have the hangover now than later in the year. Most sides come out of the blocks hard and then fall into a heap. So. Well, you develop Braley. You continue with that. Seguiara gets more minutes. I think he's better off playing cup. If you're only going to give him 10, 15 minutes, he's not going to get fitter. You've got to give yeah. him two or three weeks, pushing him to play a full game, I think, at Newtown, then bring him back in. And then that'll help Braley, who's obviously going to slow down being from the 20s and not being used to this physicality. Yeah. Um, but Fafita got a head knock early, got cut. I think he played strong. Everyone kind of chipped in, but 15 errors by them, 16 by Parrot was still pretty messy. Yeah, exactly. Um, but they need yeah, to know yeah. The amount of errors that Parramatta made just oh, gave them absolutely no chance in this game. So yeah. I thought the Sharks niggled and pushed the barriers and yeah. did all the stuff that they usually do. But if you don't know that's coming, then you're a dunce. 100%. Because they do it every week. Um, yeah, I think they did a real good job on them. Um, there wasn't a whole lot of positives, I don't think. I think they shut them down. The errors absolutely killed them. But, yeah, not many Parramatta plays I could give too much of a rap to. The Sharks, again, there was a couple there. But the errors, it kind of blunted that game. But 20-6, to six, got the job done in the end. They move on this week to play Newcastle. Bit of an easier one for them. Uh, so hopefully they find a bit more continuity with those positions uh, with Holmes at the back and the halves, etc. And the nine, Braley and the Eels, they play the Raiders. So that's a hard one to tip given the way they've both played. But down there, that's going to be hard for Parramatta. Yeah, we'll so, be, yeah. Wait and see. But Cowboys 32-26 over the Titans. This was a bit of a shootout. Um, but I'm a bit worried. I think the Titans were tough again. Missing players with the Cowboys, the kids, Hess, Ponga, Geller, they all made contributions. But I think Thurston uh, and Morgan are still somewhat out of sorts. Missing Coot. Obviously hurts and missing Tamala hurts, but the big rap for me is Bolton. I think Bolton's been absolutely outstanding. Um, he's taken more than enough responsibility in that front row role, but uh, they've got to tighten up their defence. They conceded some garbage time tries to you, but the other ones in general, uh, I don't think they're, their goal line defence, their intent's been great It was a so pretty far. ordinary game, to be fair. Look, I, I thought the Titans deserved to crack late. They had uh, a non-penalty call yeah, for Michael Morgan. Morgan. They yeah. got the other end and score. And then there was another call that went against us. I thought, I can't even think of what it was, but there was two in a row. Uh, and then the Cowboys went down and scored. But you can't bitch and moan about a call. No. And then have them go down and score on you. They're just, the, the, the fortitude and the ticker, you know, everyone's saying, oh, they play so tough, the Titans. Yeah, they do, but they also play quite dumb. And they, they lack... They lack a bit of grit when the game is really on the line. And, and to be able to make smart decisions at the right times of the game. You know, even again, go down 12-0. Like, to go down 12-0 and then yeah. to dig yourself out of a hole, it's, it's frustrating. It's like, very frustrating. Especially when you, you don't have that good of a side on paper to start with. It's not like you've got a side chock full of superstars. You need to be playing well for 80 minutes to get a result. think you're a superstar. Oh, man. So, I'm... Look, I'll put a pen through them. They, they can't play finals football. They're... They're a basket case. They're, they're a bottom four side. They're, look, for me, I, I could put a pen through three teams that would be Tigers, Titans and Newcastle. They're, none of them are playing finals football. Yeah, and I think two that poked their heads up that we obviously didn't expect. The Warriors uh, are borderline. Yeah, they're borderline at the moment. But two that have popped their heads up the last few weeks are Manly and the Dragons, obviously, but still early doors. But uh, better signs there. We just um, don't know because they haven't really played anyone. You know. Like, well, I think you can say the Dragons have beaten two decent teams. They beat Penrith and they beat the Sharks. But again... Uh, a couple more yeah. weeks. They've got a hard run coming up. They've well, they hustled. Those. They hustled those two sides early in the year. Well, which is, a, it's okay to do that. Let's, the, let's see. Uh, let's see you do that in September. They've got August the Cowboys and the Storm coming up, so they've going to play four decent sides within yeah. a short period of time. But thirty-two uh, sixteen late. You got a couple of garbage time tries. I think the only real standout was Tyron Roberts. He played fullback. He yeah. played nine. He jumped to the halves. A couple of brilliant passes, some good runs. Uh, I said it last week, and I'll say it again. If Cleary goes to the Tigers and those two blokes don't like the money, 
I think you could do a patch-up job with Ty and Roberts I and someone else. I think he's better than both of them. I think, I think he is better than both. I liked him at Newcastle and no one did, so... Um, I'm not in love with him. No, I'm not in love with him, but I don't think he's a solid footballer. He can do a lot of things, but I Cowboys... I just think I'm generally angry about the Titans in general. I think so. Hess was brilliant. Uh, they get Tamala back this week, so I think that definitely helps out. And They play Souths. Hopefully we see a bit more out of them. Like Ryan James. Are you going to get a week suspension for a dumb shoulder charge? You, don't, you didn't have to do it. Yeah, no. What are you, what are you doing? Not the best way to be leading from the front in your mob oh, this man. week. They play the Warriors, so oh. flip a coin. Jesus. Can't trust that. That'll be the Bermuda Triangle, that game. They always seem to beat you guys, though. What's the deal with that? They do. They just, it's the they one just game. dominate us physically. They're like us with the Tigers, the Storm on the weekend. Always struggle for some reason with the Tigers. But no, they'll just run straight through the middle of us. They always, the I don't know about with that forward pack at the moment, but moving on, talking about the Tigers and the Storm, 22-14. I think I can sum this one up pretty easily. First half was disgraceful. We've played two games in torrential weather. I made seven errors total. Yeah. And we made about Six seven start the or game. something. And we were completed under 50% the first half. Watching Craig Bellamy rip that poster down and just absolutely light them up at half time is one of the best things I've ever Good. seen. Um, but we were completely lackluster. Tigers had all the ball and they were keen. They were pushing hard. But at half time there, Joel Edwards comes in. Bur- I don't know anyone thought that was a penalty. I was very annoyed with the booing. He burrowed his head down into the biggest man on the planet. Yeah. What do you think is going to happen? Exactly. Uh, he put himself to sleep. Thank God there was no neck injury, mind you. But if you burrow down, that's generally what you put yourself in for. Nelson right. grabs a try. I'm happy at 65 to 35% possession to be only down 14-6. Second half, Smith, who's had a poor first half, made an error. Jumps out. Second time after watching him having a crack at the 40-20, they don't even count for it the next set. He kicks it again, mm. gets it, piss-poor try, just a basketball over the top, and then just quietly, how disgraceful your ruck defence is and how shameful that is. You let two guys run 90 metres from inside their 10 from dummy half. A, a under eight football. Fan. I said, you can't let people score from dummy oh, half. Under eight in yardage. Mate, seriously, and just Crazy. quietly, Aaron Woods, if you watch that video, he's involved in one of those pretty badly. Quite a lazy effort, and the other one was Tim Grant. But uh, their ruck, a couple of weeks in a row, Canberra exposed it, Melbourne exposed it. The way they lost was horrible. Terrible. Um, I couldn't believe that. Now they've lost Brooks for a couple of weeks, so things are going to get harder again. And all the pressure went on, and they fired up for 40 minutes. You're going to play 80 to beat Melbourne. You had all the ball, all the opportunity in the world, and you let two under-eight tries from Addo Carr and Chase Blair. Chase well, Blair. To be fair, yesterday they only really needed to play 50 minutes, and they would have beaten Melbourne. They couldn't manage that. Nope. Melbourne really were way off. So, yeah, I'm very I would, I would love to, the Titans to run into Melbourne on a day like that. Mate, seriously. 14 errors total for Melbourne, but congratulations, Craig Bellamy. 250 wins. Outstanding. Um, the only real raps I the could give. The fastest ever to 250. Yeah, it? he beat uh, Bennett by one game. So, a bit of, bit of spite there between those two formats. Maybe that's why my head's in touch with yeah. that movie. Uh, I think the only two solid factors as usual were Tedesco and Nofaluma. Nofaluma, 13 tackle oh, breaks. Bunch of offloads. He has improved so much, Nofaluma. I will give a rap to McIlrick. He's playing on a second tier deal. I think he's made a fistful of his opportunity and little on his way back there. He looked a bit dangerous yesterday, but he's coming back from injury. So, yeah. Slow build, but Tigers fans, it's not going to get any easier. You're playing the Grinding Dragons this week. I'd usually like to say this would be an ugly game, but from all everything you've seen and the way they play through the middle of the Dragons, you think they give the Tigers a nightmare? The way their ruck defense is. Well, you think so? so. Yeah. Uh, yeah, hard week for them. And the Storm, they played Penrith, probably the game of the round. And the last game, talking to the Dragons, 26-16, uh, I think it was, over the Warriors. Or I could be wrong. I think it was 26-12, maybe. I'm completely lost. But early on, just a blowout. Uh, Vaughan, crashes over under the sticks, an easy try. They make, get a couple of effort tries. McCrone there. Dugan slices through a gap off a loose football. 
they just bullied them in the middle of the field. Yeah, uh, the Warriors, which should be good in 26, that twenty-six twelve. Because I had yeah. I had the bloody dragons one to twelve. Yeah. They won thirty well, There's yeah. I had two on the weekend that got done by penalty goals. Well, the Roosters and the Sharks. I was filthy. Yeah, see, I got both them up. You know, so what? I was happy about that. Melbourne saved me yesterday. Thank you, Melbourne. One to twelve, and just in general, I was I was hurting bad. But yeah, I stayed off that game. Yeah, the Dragons just did it again. They played that power game. They played the simple football. They bashed them through the middle, led by Vaughan, DeBellin, Packer. Um, the spine players doing the simple things right. Widops just controlling things with that roll-on. And as long as they have a decent roll-on, it's going to be easier for these halves to make decisions without the pressure on them. And McInnes, who's been pretty solid so far. But also, we talked about it, yardage from the backs. Dugan carrying the football back. You've got McDonald, Lafay. Everyone's chipping in. Uh, the big thing, like I said, and everyone asking if they're the real deal. If they had a Ben Hunt with a Widop and Dugan had half a passing game, I think they'd be a decent threat to push further. But there's yeah. just not enough in the spine. And long-term, can they maintain this? Because a couple of years ago, we said it. They were the best defensive team in the comp. They had a pretty good forward pack, but they flattened out. They finished bottom of the eight, and there wasn't enough there. I think they've probably got nine of their, or eight or nine of their top 13 spots right. Yeah. So they're probably two or three away from being a top four side. Yeah. I think they're a borderline top eight side. I think they're probably in their the bench top, is pretty good. In the bottom of the top eight right now, purely off forwards and the yardage backs, but the spine. Yeah. As long as McCrane's there, like you said, and I don't think there's enough points coming from Dugan and these guys who don't really create tries. Um, they're the Sharks of a couple of years ago to me. Good forward pack. Bash them up, grind them, drag them out kind of game. They'll probably fight their way right in the bottom of the eight or just miss out, but I don't see enough from the spawn. Yeah. So, uh, good early on, but yeah, McCrone's not going to win you a comp. I'm sorry. So. No, exactly right. You can't. Yeah, you can't. I'd, I'd question whether you could be the finals game with Josh McCrone. Yeah, again, man, the Warriors, what can you say? Terrible. Foreign misses out the hamstring. Uh, Madalino's still missing. Ashford had to back up from New South Wales Cup to fill a spot for him there. Um, and Ryan Hoffman summed it up. People are trying to make excuses. They're looking for him. He says Kieran Foran doesn't make us hold the ball, make our tackles, etc. Et right. So general effort and attitude's not there. They Stephen haven't played Kearney. a game yet with Kieran Foran. So how do you no, how exactly. do you know what value he's going to give? Nothing has changed, unfortunately, and it's not looking any better from the Warriors. So hard times, and, and Sheck obviously on the return as well. Not a happy day for him. A couple of errors and. Yeah, there's not a whole lot of positives no, coming out of that side. So. Warriors fans this week, you play the Titans. Uh, both been mixed bags so far, so interesting to see what happens there. And the Dragons play the Tigers, who are well underdone and hopefully going to seal up Ivan Cleary this week, they're hoping, but yet to be seen whether that happens. But that wraps us up, mate. That's the set of six done. Um, we need to do some power rankings. Yeah, we'll drop them, sorry. But there's your game reviews, your fan questions, and set of six power rankings. We'll do now before we go into gossip and the odds brought to you by WilliamHill.com. Uh, number one. I've got the Roosters. I've got the Roosters as well. Obvious reasons. Number yep. two. Storm. Got the Storm again. Missing a couple of players. So, yep. um, but very, very good. Number three. Broncos. I've also got the Broncos. Oh, They've had the top three four. Three. They've been very close. They could be four from four. Yep. Um, number four. four. I've got the Panthers. I've got the Cowboys. I think the Panthers, that Roosters game. We bumped them up, big boy. This week. Yeah, I want to see more. But, uh, yeah, five. The Sharks. I've got the Sharks. Same deal. I think they're tough and they've sorted out some contract stuff, so they're going to be better. Yeah. Uh, six. The Panthers. I've got the Cowboys. Well, there you go. So we've got Panthers and Cowboys around the I think way. it's more what's happened with the squad. Um, I don't really worry about them missing Winnerstein and O'Neill. I think you can replace backs easier. No offence to the backs, but uh, with no Scott and Tom Lolo being the sole 
kind of one with Hess there with a bit of pressure on. I think their defence has been pretty poor, to be honest. That's what worries me. That needs to tighten up big Yeah, time. so you're saying if Penrith and the Cowboys played right now, you'd back the Panthers if to win? Full strength, even with Scott there. or Sorry, with Scott out, with full strength, what they've got now, I think Penrith will be out doing okay. the See, I think the Cowboys are better. But that's, yeah, that's fine. Uh, number seven. The Raiders. I've got the Dragons. Yep. I think uh, the way the forward pack and everything, again, later in the year that might flatten out. But what I've seen so far, effort-wise... Yeah, uh, really, really happy. And number eight, I've got the Dragons. I've got the Raiders. There you go. And the Raiders. So we've got again. the same eight, but just in a little bit. Uh, need more from order. the halves. Need more from Boydie. Need more from Paula. Um, the two front rowers and the seven in particular are very disappointing. So yeah, need to see more from them. But there's our power rankings: uh, Eels, Eagles, New Zealand. Probably the other ones are on the fringe. But the Warriors have been terrible. Uh, even on their side, you can't put them in. Eels, a couple of poor losses. Too much reliable. Uh, too much on Norman. Yep. And the Eagles have been tough two weeks in a row. But I want to see this Roosters game this week. If they have a good effort here, I'd probably I've consider... Got, I've got Eels, South, Manly as my three teams out just outside. Yep, alrighty then. Well, that's our power rankings. We'll post something up for you all to have your thoughts on that on the page. Thank you for your fan questions. We move on now to Mr. Gossip. Get all his dirt and, and we'll do our tips. Brought to you by WilliamHill.com. And we're back... With Mr. Gossip, a big win for the Penny Panthers, 40 zip. He beat Father Gossip. He's put him in a home for a second time. He took him out, signed the papers again, and put him back in, just to prove a point. <laughs> yeah, smiling this week, mate. Much happier this week. And, um, yeah, pretty uh, pretty dominant performance. I actually felt sorry for the Knights in the end, especially Ben Ross when he made that... Uh, 80 metre dash. Nathan Ross. Ben Ross. Ben Ross never made a break like that. (laughs) (laughs) John Mage there. Oh, mate. Outstanding. He can't Uh, even win an arm wrestle, Ben Ross. Yeah, well. (laughs) 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 There you go. Well, 40 zip and a dominant performance. Moving on to play my mob this weekend, mate. The Storm versus the Pennies down in Melbourne. Yeah, it should be a cracker. I think the Panthers have only won once there. The last time they won there was 2005. So a long time between drinks. I remember that game. yeah, close to, we'll be closer this time around, I would think. Last year was pretty close. I think it was 6 all for majority of the game. But, um, yeah, absolute cracker. Probably the, the two form teams. Um, obviously, the Roosters as well. But, um, yeah, Panthers and Storm for mine. Tipped them first and second. So. Yeah, well, it's going to be a decent game, hopefully. I don't think uh, Vunavalu or Munster are going to be back. Definitely not. But hopefully, McLean's back on board to make things a, a bit more even with the forward packs. But, mate, what's cooking this week as far as the gossip? There's been a fair bit happening. Yeah, a fair bit happening. Uh, we'll start off with the Titans. Uh, Chris McQueen um, is off to the Tigers. Uh, $1.2 million over three years. So not huge money, but um, interesting one there. He's sort of been a bit of a journeyman, been here, there and everywhere. So off to the Tigers. See you, Chris. See you, mate. Not a fan. <laughs> I think he's been pretty solid for you guys. Yeah. They can have him. Yeah, right. He's a very Tigerish player. It's a very Tigerish player. <laughs> <All right>. Merry, <laughs> yeah. Merry Christmas. On fire already. No, he's not happy about it. He's just giving him the absolute brush. No, I don't care. I don't think. Go uh, for I think for the like. salary cap increase and what you can get out of him as far as back row centre, I think it's probably an upgrade. But four hundred is not too bad. Titans not willing to pay more than three. That's fair enough. I'll uh, give him their situation. You know so. why? Because he doesn't earn any more than three oh. on the field. He doesn't play like he should be getting any more than three. You've got it here from a Titans man himself. No, he played. He played well on the weekend. Don't get me wrong, but. Up until that, he's mailed it in for three weeks. Not happy at all. Mate. Mate. Oh, mate. God almighty. Just maul him by day. <laughs> all right, so Brock's not a fan of Chris McQueen. No, look, I don't mind him. He's solid. But there's a reason why he was in the Queensland side and it's not anymore. Yeah. Because his form hasn't been that good. Yeah. Ring a ding ding. Sorry, champ. Play on. <laughs> 
Casey. All right. <laughs> <laughs> I've got nothing to say to that. I no. agree completely. Uh, look, I'll, I'll, well, let's touch on it, boys. It's all over the media. I've had probably more emails and messages uh, about this than anything ever uh, since Centennial Gossip started in 2011, and that's Ivan Cleary. Um, the majority of the mail is saying that Ivan is going to the dogs, but um, I believe firm, and I'll stick by it, that Ivan Cleary is a done deal with the Tigers. I cannot see him going to the Bulldogs. I, I've done a few tweets over the weekend, boys, and, and, and we've chatted as well over the weekend, and I'm really disappointed in Ivan that, he, that he's going to the Tigers. The, the club's an absolute basket case. The board's a basket case. Um, and the rumours I heard was when Ivan Cleary was sacked by the Panthers, was that he mentally couldn't take the losses of 2015 and that he was down in the dumps and he was depressed. Um, I just I don't think the Tigers are a right culture fit for him. Um, he won't have David Fairley's assistant there to pay him on the back anymore because he's, he's gone up north. I just I don't think it's the right fit, boys. I'm, I'm really concerned about this one. If Ivan wants an assistant, he can come and... Come and talk. Yeah, to me. Here we go. I'll, I'll happily go and assist him. I love Ivan. If you want uh, to... Look, I, I don't know whether it's the right move either, but look, if there's one man who knows how to rebuild and there's one man who knows how to deal with a difficult situation, it's Ivan. I have absolutely no idea how this is going to end, end up. I have absolutely no idea. And that's the that's the reason why you've probably ended up thinking the way you are, uh, Mr. Gossip. I'm of a similar thought. If it, if it seems unpredictable and it looks like it's going to be unpredictable, it's probably going to be unpredictable. So, look, it, I guess he, he's sort of probably thinking, well, I'm not going to wait for the dog's job to come up because, it, you know, the dogs might win three or four in a row and someone else takes the Tigers' job and he's, mm-hmm. you know, maybe that's the way he's thinking. I, I can see that line of thought as well, but, geez, he's, uh, he's, he's putting it all out on the line to take this job. So it's, yeah. it's difficult, very, very difficult. But... He may also think along the lines that we are. He's probably thinking, well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to punt Moses and Brooks. I'm going to pinch a couple from Penrith that I know are good. I'm going to you know, flip this squad pretty quickly. He, he may have an idea on well, what he can do. He may have also... He's pretty close to Justin Pascoe. He may have a lay of the land in terms of their salary cap. You don't know how much research he's done. And he's pretty, pretty smart dude. He would, have, he would have done his research. And he'd be, he'd be right up to date on where the Tigers are at. So yeah, well, he obviously thinks that he can do something in this situation. But I think it's more what you just said. If the dogs thing's only an inquiry, and this is open right now, and they want to make a move on somebody, it's an opportunity. But say with Tedesco, Woods, and the lay of the land and salary cap management, I think you're right. I think he can do a job. He's a career coach. He can definitely attract some players. But I'd only be going there, like I said before. Board doesn't get involved. Full recruitment. I want a three-year minimum deal guaranteed with an option for another two years if things go well. And no one's interfering with the recruitment. And next year, I'm pretty sure they have their full salary cap back. Um, but all those things have to be in play. I don't, think, I don't think he's going to get all that. Well, I wouldn't take the job then because I think it's a, just a death trap. So, um, interesting to see what happens. But if there's any chance the dogs are there and make an inquiry, we already spoke about it. I'm not going to go into it again. I'd be taking the dogs' job before I take the Tigers' one. Yeah. Yeah. I'm a bit probably down in the dumps here because I really wanted uh, Ivan to take over the Blues. I wanted to flick Laurie and have Ivan there as a, as a future coach. But um, looks like that's not going to happen. Well, but yeah, that's if good I was, too. Yeah, that's that's what I would want Ivan to do. But if I was Ivan, I'd be a little bit more patient because I, I, you've got to think. You've got to think. Death has got to be out soon. Um, the Warriors coaching role is probably going to be up halfway through the year. And there's so many other roles that could come up that it, that would be a much more better option than the Tigers. That's a bit of a gamble, but I don't think that he should necessarily take the first coaching gig that that's thrown at him. Maybe but, even um, a Titans job. 
Well, I tell you what, <laughs> I, I don't remember when uh, Nathan's contract comes off because they redid his deal twice last year from the way he's played. But uh, if, he, if he had access to him within another year or so, wherever he goes, it wouldn't surprise me if he just plugged the gap and then brought his Daddy, no! No, Daddy, no! <laughs> <laughs> he can be like Martin oh, and Johnny you? Lang. Do you love me yet, Dad? <laughs> Run harder! Run harder! <laughs> All right, still on the Tigers, guys. Um, lots of mail about this one. I, I can't see it happening, but where there's mail, where there's smoke, there's fire. Aaron Woods to Manly. Now, I know he was a, a massive Manly fan as a kid growing up. Um, it would break up what they call the big four, but uh, that's debatable. You mean but, the, big, um, the big three what, and the, the big three and I the call four? It, I call it half a four. <laughs> yeah, it really is, isn't it? But uh, Woods to Manly seems to be on the cards at the moment, but look, this is all pending on, on, on who the bloody coach is. So um, to say who's going where at the moment, it's all up in air because no one knows oh, but what Aaron, coach is what. Aaron Woods said he doesn't care who the coach is. That's right. He's he players play, yeah. coaches coach, well, and administrator's administrator, yeah. apparently. That's absolute rubbish. Why didn't he exactly. Right. <laughs> what a goose. Look, I heard, I heard exactly the same thing. I heard exactly the same thing. Well, look so, at it from this perspective. Nate Miles won't Good get, luck, Manly. Nate Miles won't get re-signed. They paid him big dollar. And obviously, there's a couple other guys they'll push out again that are on fringe money to probably make up the seven 800 they need. So uh, I can see where the money's coming from. But again, uh, is it the right move? I don't know. The last two weeks, Manly's looked pretty good. Him, Jake Dubojevic, that spine... Things may be looking a little bit better, but yeah, if he's got uh, this postcode, he's always Just throwing up. And he's a Balmain junior, and he's so keen on staying. And the coach doesn't matter. We'll wait and see if that's tested loyalty. Yeah, yeah, exactly. All right, last one for the night, boys. We'll touch quickly on Kieran Foran. Uh, obviously, it didn't start on the weekend. It was a, a, a last-minute withdrawal. Look, every time there's a Bulldogs um, scenario, I get plenty of mail, and most of it BS. But um, one of the things I got this morning, and the reason I'm mentioning it, it's probably because I found it quite funny, um, is that one of the board members apparently is saying that the reason that Des has was keeping his job is that he's promised the board that he's got Kieran Foran coming with him next year. So, I don't know. It's, um, oh, it's an interesting one. Um, there's got to be a reason why they've got faith in Des Hasler because they were kind of punting him at the end of last year. Um, maybe it's true. Who knows? We'll, we'll only find out soon. Well, they shot everyone around him, didn't they? They shot everyone in the bar and just said, Des, <laughs> otherwise you're next. So he's, he's the ultimate cliffhanger. He's hanging on, isn't he? <laughs> he, is, yeah. he is hanging on. So he's, I'll bring Kieran here. Well, I'd be saying Kieran Foran isn't going to fix so the other 12 players. Kieran got on the like capitulated last year. He hasn't played a game. He's got constant hamstring problems and he's had two shoulder he's made a paper mache and he hasn't played a game yet <laughs> this is like when they were talking about Brisbane doing it like where's the reliability you've got no idea yet if he's in the right I want to see him play at least for a month to eight weeks and play some good football like there's not just the injuries there's also the off field stuff this is just yeah, if that's what's ridiculous. keeping him there they need to put a bullet in it right now and ring Ivan he thought I'll, I'll go reverse psychology I'll hold a gun to no, 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 I'll, no, no, I'll no. hold a gun to their head yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, ridiculous yeah, that's why I said it was pretty funny, but uh, interesting as well. Yeah, all right. Well, if that's everything we've got, that's a funny, funny note to finish on. I'll paper, <laughs> paper mache for him. We'll see what happens to him and the Warriors in the next couple of weeks. But tips and the odds brought to you by WilliamHill.com. If you're going to have a bet on the NRL or any sport, make sure you do it with WilliamHill.com. We missed out. I was going to message you and say Storm 1-12 to again, and I didn't. Oh, we didn't have a charity. So we could have had two wins in a row with Melbourne 1-12. to mm-hmm. That was the only thing I really liked. So. Oh, no, I nailed a few this weekend. Don't worry about that. We could have had another 200 in the kitty, but Oof. nevertheless, we might have to double up this weekend. But tips, Brock got a perfect round. Well done. 
right. Gossip, mate. I told you, boys, I'm, I'm heating up. He got the seven. The eels let him down, and I rolled the dice three times on my own, and three times I come up with nothing. So I got five. I've got five every week so far. I'm having a great time just getting five. Congrats, brother. Uh, but you're on 20 box. Have I'm... I taken the lead? No, Gossip's oh. still on the lead. How he many he was a couple up front. 22. So he's got no. you by two, and I'm now last with 19. So. Won't, won't be long. Great times. But <laughs> we kick things off Thursday night. It is the Dogs versus the Broncos. We don't have lineups today, but Broncos, you'd expect... No changes that I can think of. Uh, obviously, Mbai looks like he took the other guilty plea today. One week, and they've been disgusting. Short turnaround, Broncos for me. Broncos because the dog's about at football. <laughs> you got to put that on the shirt one day. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, look, the, the bounce-back factor, I, I, you know, it's, it's still alive in rugby league, but you, you can't see it happening against the Broncos. Go on, do uh, it. Broncos. No. Oh. <laughs> Seriously? I was about to say, you're having an aneurysm right now if you're yeah. about to tip that as a bounce back factor. <laughs> we're, about, we're about to hang up and re- redial the number just to see yes. if we're talking to the right uh, person. My God. <laughs> uh, but the uh, bookies at William Hill, they agree with us. The Broncos, $1.38, $3.05 for the Dogs. <gasps> Minus eight is the line. One to 12, Broncos, $3.425. The Dogs, 13 plus Brisbane, two forty-five, eight dollars The Dogs. I'll give them a glimmer of hope. The one, the one issue with Brisbane is they can't close out a game. They can't close out a game, but... That, that'll uh, keep the Bulldogs in the game, so... Yeah, all right. We'll I see still what, can't see them winning. We'll see what happens. Friday night kicks off. Battle of the Beaches. This used to be a cracker game. Hopefully it is after Manly's performances the last two weeks, but it's the Roosters versus Manly. Um, as much as I've been impressed with Manly, I am going to stick with the Roosters, but I think this will be a good game. I think Manly are fool's gold, and I am tipping the Roosters. Yeah, Manly going for three in a row. Didn't think we'd see that this early on in the year. Um, but got to stick with the Chooks there. Easily top three, top four this year. Yeah, I had to laugh at Trent Barrett. I heard him interviewed on the weekend saying that their defence has really improved. And Mate, Dylan Walker was defending going backwards on his trial line two weeks ago. So I don't, know, I don't understand how your defensive system can just improve out of sight. And it really does help when you're up 26-0. Mm. A lot of defensive... Because obviously you're not defending when you're up 26-0. Yeah. So yeah. I want to see him tested against a good attacking side. Yeah, well, they're definitely going to get that test this week. And, and... and if, they, if they do come up trumps... I will apologise. All right. Apologise. You can, you can remind me and I'll apologise. I'm sure the Manly fans will. They've been a bit quiet the last year or two they have been. on this They're podcast. They're usually into me. The I couple had, of years before that. Rats. Yeah, the couple, <laughs> the couple of years before that. <laughs> mate, the, the few years before that, there were some seriously violent messages, especially at Brock about Good. Manly, so I love it. They might pipe back up, but we'll see what happens. But with William Hill, the Roosters, $1.42, dollar forty-two, two eighty-five. Manly. Minus 7.5 is the line. 1 to 12 Roosters, $3. 4 for Manly. 13 plus Roosters, two sixty. Seven fifty for Manly in the second Friday night game. The Cowboys versus South. Like I said, they're saying this one may be on hold because of the cyclone. I think just move the game. I don't know uh, if the Raw or the Reds or whatever for Super Rugby are playing at Suncorp this weekend. But if there's a chance to move it, I'd say you probably want to avoid the cyclone zone. That's just maybe a good idea. But um, Tamalolo returns. I haven't what, what been. Is this on Friday night? Friday night. Yeah. I've been really impressed. But Tamalolo returns and South haven't impressed me anymore. The three Burgess brothers need hand transplants. No one can hold a football. Uh, They're boring. They need to be more dynamic. I think Charrington, after what I saw on the weekend, would fit right into what they need as far as a big man with a point of difference, but that's still not going to be enough. Cody Walker's the only one. Uh, I'm going with the Cowboys. Mm, I'm tipping the Cowboys, and I've got a hypothetical. If these two teams play later in the year, wouldn't common sense just say that they just reverse it? This week, the the, uh, South can have the home game. 
Or is it the Cyclone? If they can put it. And then they can just swap it later in the year? If it can go to ANZ, again, I don't know about A-League fixtures or the Waratahs or Swans or whoever's doing what. Waratahs and Swans don't play there anymore. Well, don't they do a game or two a year on ANZ things, the package things? Very real. I don't know when, but I'm just saying. You'd have to have a look. And obviously the other game is at Brisbane's. But Brisbane's not at Suncorp this weekend, so that was my thought. If the Raw is not there or the Reds aren't there, can't you just come halfway? So, yeah, I don't know. know, They could play it at Seabus Super Stadium. Yeah, there you go. On the Goldie. Cowboys for me. (laughs) Yeah, Cowboys. Yeah, Cowboys, boy. It's a pretty easy one there. Rabbit has to stink. Yeah, well, they Tom, stink. Tom Alolo back. We'll see what happens. But $1.28 with William Hill. Are the Cows? three seventy for Souths. Minus 10.5 is the line. One to 12 Cowboys, $3. $5 Souths. 13 plus Cowboys, $2.10. $11 Souths. Super Saturday kicks off. It is the Sharks versus poor old Newcastle. They're feeling the pinch. They were intense early on, but a couple of injuries, a couple of guys busted already. It's not going to get any easier. Uh, Sharkies. Sharks. Yeah. Sharks for me as well. It's pretty it's easy. the night last week. Yeah. Poor Shark. Oh, sorry, not poor Shark. He's poor Newcastle. Phil in the Don't pitch. I feel sorry for him. But it's at, the to the year. it's at the prison, mate. Oh, the prison. Everyone out there, let's clarify that. The prison in William Hill, $1.16 for the Sharks, five twenty-five to Newcastle. This is what we're more used to. Minus 14 and a half is the line. Oh. 1 to 12, Cronulla, three forty six fifty for Newcastle. 13 plus the Sharks, $1.68. dollars for uh, Newcastle. Well, let me tell you, Penrith beat them 40 zip. Yeah, but do you think Cronulla's attacks as good as Penrith? Well, 13 plus points for what I saw last week for Newcastle, 100%. Yeah, but Newcastle, Maybe not 40. Newcastle would be stinging a bit from that. I, I don't... Yeah. I, mm, what's the line, 14? It's a big Ford. I, th- I think the line's about bang on. I don't think it's going to be that far over 13 points. I reckon points. they win by 24. 24. Yeah, that's where I'm going. Okay. We're all on the Sharks. We'll have so. a beer on that. I reckon it'll be under that. All right, see what happens. Raiders at home to Parramatta in the second game. Hopefully a decent fixture. Parramatta need to clean up their ill-discipline and errors the last two weeks. Canberra looking for big games from Paulo, Boyd, and obviously Aiden Caesar, who basically has blended in with the grass since he's been wearing that green jersey <laughs> there at Canberra. But uh, I'm going to tip the Raiders because they're at home. I need to see more. I thought they should have won last week, to be honest, but it's time to wake up again. Yeah, Raiders, but this is a game that I have zero confidence in because Raiders are showing glimpses, so of Parramatta. I have no idea, so I'll just go with the home side. Yeah, difficult one to pick. Similar form lines for both sides. Uh, you've got to tip the Raiders just because they're at home, I guess, but... Um... Mm. Yeah, a real 50-50 call. Yeah, well, they're $1.40 favourite with William Hill. The Raiders, two ninety five for the Eels. Minus eight is the line. One to 12 Raiders, $3. $4.25 Eels. 13 plus Canberra is two forty five. Eight dollars $8 the Eels. And Super Saturday closes with a cracker, Seven thirty. It is the Melbourne Storm at home against Penrith. Uh, Melbourne missing, uh, missing Vunivalu and Munster. I don't think they'll be back. McLean, I don't know what happened on the weekend. I didn't really hear why he missed, but hopefully... He's back on board because they're two massive packs. Uh, Penrith brimming with confidence, but going down there, always a difficult task. I'll ask the Penrith man first. Gossip, what do you reckon, Panthers or the Storm? Well, I said earlier on the podcast, we haven't won there since 2005, but uh, yeah, it's uh, not a great ground for us. I've got to tip the Storm only because I still think they're the best team in the comp. I don't think Penrith um, are near them just yet. Fair enough. Boxhead, would you go with the Penrith Panthers to go there and cause an upset, or are you sticking with Melbourne? Uh, I'm going to go Penrith. Yeah. Well, I think Melbourne are ready for a loss, if yeah. that makes any sense at all. And I think Penrith, are just in a, in a little bit of a, 
don't know, a bit of a run of form. They'll get a lot of confidence out of last week. They've got a long turnaround. Uh, Melbourne, obviously, with a shorter turnaround. The, yeah, I don't know. I, I don't know. i just got a feeling. Well, I'm going the reverse jinx again. I'm going to go the oh, you did. Every time I go against Melbourne, they win. <laughs> yeah. I, I Melbourne, Melbourne win, guys. Melbourne win. Yeah. Every time I do this, someone pointed out before on the show, they've kept the record over three years, which kind of scared me, but it's something like 10 of 11 when I do the reverse uh, jinx. Well, it's so going to be 10 of 12. I've done it twice this year, and it's worked both times. I'm doing it again. Go to the Panthers. Mm. Melbourne, you play rubbish on the weekend. Poor. Shame. Shame, Craig. Shame. But uh, the odds here, Melbourne Storm, $1.60 favourites at home. Uh, the Penrith Panthers, two thirty-five minus four is the line. One to twelve Melbourne, three dollars, three sixty for the Panthers. Thirteen plus three ten Storm, six dollars for the Panthers. The Warriors, Titans, dead set. Flip your boogie board, flip your cricket bat, anything you want. Hills off flats, absolutely no idea who to tip here. Brock, you're the Titans, man. How do you draw a form line? I'm tipping this game? the Titans because I think the Warriors suck. Yeah, well, that's pretty blunt and fair I think assessment. they are. They lack intensity, they lack passion, whereas the Gold Coast, we may not have the players that they do, but there's one thing we do do, and we have a crack. Yeah, well, on that simple fact, and that's probably what swayed me a little bit, uh, I don't know if you're getting anyone back, we don't get the lineups on Monday, but uh, I don't see too much changing from last week for the Warriors. They, is Nathan Peets a chance of playing this week? They said round six at the earliest, he was supposed to be back round eight, so... Come on, Peetsy! Not sure about that, but yeah. <laughs> if they defend anything like they did on the weekend, Tyron Roberts should uh, find himself a bit lucky in Ash Taylor's kicking game. Uh, I'll go the Titans. What about you, Gossip? Yeah, Titans, better the round for me. As Box said, just touched on, geez, they got some heart. And we, we were messaging during the weekend, and Tyrone Roberts is the epitome oh. of that club. He's, he doesn't have the most skilled, <laughs> skillful player in the comp, but... Um, Louie and I have been... Um, <laughs> you and, and, and Louie can watch a bloody Tyrone Roberts video clip and put alligator clips on your nipples. He's not that bad. Control, he's man. really not that bad. You slain him because he plays for your team because you're a critic. That's why. Oh, if he played anywhere yeah. else, you'd give him a bit more love. But I wouldn't. I'll tell you what, I'll say it again. Kevy Proctor, mate, if you want to come home, we're just a phone call away. You know you've made a poor decision. Ah, beg your pardon. Pick up the phone and call Craig, mate, and beg to come back. He hasn't, he hasn't really <laughs> set the world on fire, has he? No, he hasn't, but no. he's moved to a new system. He's been frustrated. He's a captain. He's been swearing at refs. I think he's missing the good times. So if you want to park yourself back on that side with Cooper Cronk, mate, we're just a phone call away. You can have a little pay cut like plenty of other people that have come and gone. <laughs> you can come back. Yeah. But, uh, know your yeah. worth, Kevin. That's right. You leave the system, the system bites back, just like everyone. Soon you'll be biting strippers like Dane Nielsen. He'll be a uh, he'll be a premiership winning captain for the Titans. <laughs> it might be 2050, but he'll still be there. It's a fair way away. <laughs> so with William Hill, the Warriors are the favourites. A dollar fifty, two sixty for the Titans. So good odds there for yeah. gossips. Better the what? week. Minus the Warriors are a dollar fifty. Oh, here, a dollar fifty. Who is made? The, who made that lineup? Mate, a monkey. There what, is, happened? There is, what happened? Right there? There. Minus five and a half is Mate. the line. One to twelve for the Warriors. Three dollars. Three seventy five for the Titans. Thirteen plus Warriors. Two ninety. You're telling me I can't get a dollar eighty about the Warriors Mate, after the way they played last night. Yeah, you're right there. That's but, laughable. Uh, the closing game of the round is the Tigers versus the Dragons. Luke Brooks now missing, being confirmed today. The Dragons probably have the one thing that they struggle with most, and that's a big forward pack killing their ruck. They conceded two under-8s trials on the weekend, so not feeling too good about the Tigers here. I'm going to be going with the Dragons. Dragons, because they've got the uh, they've got the middle that's just going to roll straight through the Tigers. Yeah, Vaughn is going to kill them. He's going to get 200 <laughs> metres, I reckon. Mate, it uh, wouldn't surprise me the way their forward pack's been going. Him, Packard, DeBellin, uh, they're getting good contributions from their backs and yardage. I think the Tigers here, this might be a big hurt week. So look out. And William Hill has the Tigers $1.98, $1.83 for the Dragons. So I think there's a bit of value there. 
uh, especially for a multi. Minus one and a half is a line. One to 12 for the Tigers, 340, 325 the Dragons. 13 plus, 425 for the Tigers, 385 for the Dragons. But looking at this, uh, Gossips alone on the Storm game. But other than that, we're uniform all the way through. So he's got the Storm. So he's on the Storm. We've gone the pennies. Reverse yep. jinx. You can already put that down to Melbourne winning. So, so he's going to gain another Gossip's point. Gossip's going to gain a point. So I... <laughs> Put the mocker on it because I don't yeah. care about the tips. I just want Melbourne to win. I, I love you, don't Craig. care about the tips, mate. We give the tips for the fans. Mate, I love Craig. All right. I love you're Craig. I love Melbourne. You're on his payroll. He I must be Kevin. slinging you a pineapple. I wish I was on the payroll. <laughs> slinging you if some was, golden chances. If I was on the payroll, I wouldn't be digging holes and climbing poles for living. Let me tell you. Oh. Great times. But, Goss, cheers for all the dirt, mate. <laughs> Hopefully... It's a good game on the weekend, but seriously, burn. I hope uh, the Storm put 50 on Penrith. It's probably not going to happen, but uh, looking forward to a good weekend of football. Yeah, I shall look forward to the banter on Saturday night, and um, yeah, hopefully for an upset. I'm turning, I'm turning my phone off. You turn you, your phone you two off. knuckleheads, or sometimes I come in, there's 50 messages on there. Bullcrap. You're the worst of anyway. Oh, no, I'm not. <laughs> yeah, yeah, mate. No, come no. on, admit to it. Oh, I'm not. All right, all right, we'll cut it there. All right, we're going to stop going backwards and forwards. Have a good one, Gossip. Cheers, champion. Thanks, lad. See you next week. See you, buddy. And that wraps us up, Boxhead. We're in the conclusion here. Charity bet this week. We missed last week. Oh, you got any mate. thoughts? Yeah, well, Titans or Dragons. You reckon Titans 1-12? to 12? I reckon we have two bets this week. Or do you just want to take the value of 260 on the Titans? No, we go, we've got to go. Oh, what are we going to do here? Well, we get I think we multi some up. I think, look, I think good bet at the moment is to bet against the Tigers because they suck and the Dragons are playing pretty good. What else? Mate, I reckon Broncos Dragons. Broncos are still about forty. Broncos. Broncos Dragons dollar forty dollar eighty three. You don't think Roosters? Oh, I think yeah. I think them. Broncos right. Roosters Dragons. I reckon we go the whole two hundred. Let's just load in. Yeah, done. So Broncos into the Roosters into, into the, the Dragons. Dragons. Three yeah. leg multi. I'm pretty sure it was a dollar eighty three. Boom. A dollar forty and possibly a dollar forty again. Why Brock is tabulating that to give us. Uh, the value of that bet. I'll wrap us up for this week. We have to give a thank you to William Hill who let us have those charity bets. Uh, it's just absolutely fantastic. Their contribution. Make sure if you're going to have a bet on the NRL or any sport, you do it with WilliamHill.com. They cover our tips and odds there with Mr. Gossip. Thanks to him. Thanks to all of you out there for your fan questions. Anyone who's got in after we've recorded, we obviously try to answer them on the page or Twitter if we've missed you. But thanks for your questions. You've got all you need. For this week, the only thing left for you to do is to enjoy your week and enjoy your rugby league, finishing off with the charity bet value. So, what was it again? Dragons, Roosters, and the Broncos. Three leg multi. And we'll put the whole two under on. The two hundred. I've got the the first two in there. $1.38 for the Broncos. So they've already shortened in. They've shortened. Roosters, $1.42. That's not too bad. Into Georgia, $1.83. Leave me alone. What do we get? We get $3.59. Bonus bet on. 200 200 $512 return. There you go. That's after That's the That's what state. we want, ladies and gentlemen. So if you want something to bet on out there, if you want to follow me and Brock in this week, it is the Broncos, Broncos into the Roosters, into the Dragons, all straight up. And Man. you get yourself $3.60, basically. That's on. So that is on. Locked in the odds. Thanks to WilliamHill.com. Enjoy your week and enjoy your rugby league. Bring it on. Give us more. Give us more. Where are you going? Where, what, 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 what's going on here? Is that it? Is that it?
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 